You're about to witness a seismic event. Talk brunch where the geeks are all baby faces. Now, let the party begin. Live, start the countdown. Three, two, one. Lasers. What's up, fellow brunchers? Welcome to Talk Brunch Live. September 23rd, 2019. I'm your host as always, Rick Barra, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, and you're listening to episode 341. Co-piling the brunch ship with me, as always, is Mr. Dustin Frazier. So I'm not saying I had a good day, but all I'm saying is my Lyft driver had the Cookie Monster as the fucking GPS. That's always special. Uh, you don't know joy until you hear left turn. There might be cookies. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> oh, man. So tonight is probably the last time you're going to be hearing from us with the old format, with the old era of things going on. We're now officially heading into October. So a lot's going to be changing. October's going to be a hell of a month. Yeah, our schedule itself is probably also going to be changing to accommodate the new wrestling era. We're going to be bringing in new segments, new panelists. Everything from the past is gone, and everything from the future is looking really good. So there's a lot that you guys are in for a treat for. Uh, that being said, shout out to our chat room. I see EB Gamer and Cool Ice, Willie V2, JC was up in there, Stasis Dreams. Lex, I see Matt Squires just joining us up in the chat room, and also those currently listening to the live broadcast over at TalkMunch.com, and of course the rest of you who are listening on demand via iTunes, Stitcher, and all other popular podcatcher apps. As usual, we're available on every major digital audio provider, including SoundCloud. Just search TalkBrunch, and you can visit TalkBrunch.com for that, plus our social media links, as well as replays of all of our content. And now... In case we just weren't easy enough to find already, you could just say, Alexa, plays the Talk Brunch podcast, and our, our most recent episode will come up, and no other podcast is doing that. Try it. Try to do it to anyone else. Well, I mean, I'm sure the major ones, like the huge celebrity ones, but as far as wrestling podcasts, Alexa, play the Talk Brunch podcast. Love it. It works well. I really thought you was about to, like, shoot, have it do it, too. Like, no, no. Like, oh, you didn't believe me? Boop. <laughs> Can I shoot through it? I could, right? <laughs> we could. Let me see. I don't know if I could get it loud enough where you guys would be able to hear it, but I could try it here and see if it would legit do it. And I was just wasting airtime being dicks, but all right. We're having fun, damn it. Alexa, play the Talk Brunch podcast. I couldn't find a brunch podcast. Wait, let's try, try it again. Asking me for don't make me look bad, bitch. Such as a funny... <laughs> Alexa, play the Talk Brunch podcast. I couldn't find a brunch. Well, now podcast. she's trolling us. Alexa, See? play Talk Brunch podcast. Here's Talk Brunch from TuneIn. Resuming 340 respect them skill points. See? <laughs> Probably because I had the damn thing on so loud next to me to try to do it, and I fucked it up. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, man. You told me that shit. I couldn't believe it. I went home and did it, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, now everyone's Alexa's going off. He's right. Shit, I might have ruined this. Mm. Uh, the new panelists, uh, where, like I said, that's a work in progress right now. 
we want to, well, we do have opening, public opening for, mo- for new uh, chat moderators. I decided to format the list and there are no chat moderators officially as of now that aren't already panelists. So if you want to moderate the time, it's pretty easy. All you got to do is hang out. Uh, and if you see somebody be an asshole, just mute her or Thanos snap them. Just, you know, just greet people, things of that nature. You know, nothing too, uh, too important. But yeah, we are doing the new panelist thing, uh, going forward. Not immediately, but as we transition into, uh, this new season, you'll start to see the changes and the things like that. Yeah, takes some time. Yeah, cause right now I'm really enjoying the two people format. Like I said before, we were doing the three people and then, uh, I didn't like it, to be completely honest. So that's the reason why I dropped it down to two. I actually didn't. It was my least favorite episode. So it's like I just wanted to change things and uh, just change the format a bit to uh, to further accommodate the kind of stuff that we're doing, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, Lurkers, you better start coming in here and making yourselves known, hitting that follow button, because otherwise what's going to wind up happening is uh, I'm just going to make the thing for followers only. You know, I want to see more, more, uh, I know you're out there, you know, I have, I have eyes beyond the, uh, the stuff that, uh, there's in that regular charm. If you're listening to the damn thing, follow, stop fucking around here. We're getting real this next season. Right. Ain't no <laughs> games out here. I said it before, I say it again. We out here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The number, the numbers God, reflect <laughs> more than what I'm seeing here. So this ain't no know. games. This is life. Yeah. Tell me Why did you get so hyped just now? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That might be the dolls kicking in. Maybe that's what it is. And speak of the devil. Chip, you know what? Six, six. Thank you. You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. Thank you. Thank you, Ugly Heaven 66. Tupac said even one. Heaven had a girl. They didn't say they had an ugly one either. No, I'm kidding. Ugly Heaven is almost an a contradiction of terms. I kind of like it. Isn't it? <laughs> that's the part of Heaven they don't tell you about. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get into some wrestling news. So the first thing that I'm hearing is uh there was a there was an incident, a Jushin Thunder Liger incident apparently, huh? Yeah, some shit went down. So he uh he turned into a different character, it's kinda of like the Cactus Jack thing, right? Except it looks darker. a little bit like it. Yeah, it's only happened apparently a few times in history, from what we're hearing. Where uh he'll take on this other persona, right? Where he you has know, no I've never heard about this thing until until like somebody had mentioned it. Yeah, he takes on this other Muda looking persona that's like, I guess, more of a killer than the regular Jushin Thunder would be. Jushin Thunder murder. Mm hmm. Yeah, you don't want to mess with that guy. He's, he's, uh, he's called Kishin Liger, is the name. And that I just wanna, sounds menacing. Yeah, he's not as friendly and happy as the, as the Jushin Thunder Liger that, uh, you know, you would probably have a brawling buddy of if he was in WWE. <laughs> wow. He'd be in the he'd be in the bump in the night DLZ. Yeah, he's the Todd McFarlane uh Jushin Thunder Liger, <laughs> you know? uh, Dark as hell. But yeah, apparently this new form came. He was fighting Minoru Suzuki, who was trying to remove his mask at the time, is the way that the story goes. And uh I guess at one point Liger just says, Screw it, and he decides oh, I'm gonna remove my mask myself if this guy's gonna try to do it to me. So, uh, Wanna play games? Let's play games. Yeah. But yeah, let's bring it up on screen while we procrastinating here on this thing. Right? We got visuals for a reason. There we go. Minoru and all his beauty. Yeah, that that form looks crazy though, right? Look at that he thing. Do, he does look like sort of like an evil Muda. He looks like he's what you'd see after fourth impact. Oh boy. <laughs> you know yeah. him right. <laughs> the Evangelion references. So he turns into that. 
isn't even his final form. He so he unmasked himself, yeah. Oh, he even missed the ref, huh? That's messed up. You were down. This is the first time I'm seeing this, too. What is that? What is that? Holy fuck. Yo, he tried to kill him. It's a That's spike. It's yeah. from a Sabu. Like, what the? <laughs> All right. I didn't see that. That was a. Jushin Stabby Liger. Yeah. Wow. That is that is pretty crazy. All right. Faith. So if anybody wants to see that on our social media, I'm going to drop it on the Twitter right now for on the man. People just check the Twitter, the Twitter as you go along with this. There you go. That was a nice pick. Looked like a yeah. knife of some sort. Big ass ice pick. Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. The hell? <laughs> <laughs> so That's we doing in Japan now? We stabbing people with ice picks and shit? All right, what cool. was he doing that when the Bullet Club was beating his ass? <laughs> they ain't going nowhere near him now. That would have been a good time, you know, like when, right when that Bullet Club's giving you that ass whipping, you know, it's a fantastic time for you to come up with that. Keisha's going to have to have a new group, the Stabby Club, it's not the Bullet Club, right? Yeah, so look look at this here. This is apparently, yeah, the fourth appearance of him like this. He did it against Great Muda, which is funny because that's who he looks just like. He did it against Bad Boy Hito. The third time was in a tag match with Taichi and Takamichi Noko. And then the fir- fourth time is now against uh Minoru Suzuki. Oh, see, he looks crazy each different time. I guess he had back before. Did he legit have that hair? I guess that was his hair, even though sometimes it didn't look like his hair. It's just crazy, like to think this is only the fourth time he's ever done this. You see, but that's what I'm talking about when we're taking this back to uh, the Fiend thing, where people are asking because uh, I believe Eb asked me the other day if the if the Fiend should be a thing where uh, he has like a regular Bray Wyatt version that's there sometimes. And uh, I don't think so, man. I know it's kind of unfair to have a guy that young, because he's really young in comparison when you think about the lifespan of wrestling, um, that really is a part-timer, aside from doing the promos. But you kind of ruin it if he's out there as, like, just regular Bray or if he's out there as, like, that Firefly Funhouse Bray. Exactly. The the thing that makes The Fiend work is kind of like what they said with the booking, um, just the way that you never know when he's going to show up. So it adds a little bit to the fun. So then when you do hear the Firefly Funhouse pop up or do you hear that creepy music when he shows up in the arena, it's like, holy crap, he's here. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not saying for the fiend to come out four times, you know, but I'm just saying that uh, I think things like that, what makes it special is when it's something that's very rare that happens. Yeah. It's either rare or unpredictable. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I'm really glad that his final run is going good for the guy. It's not going to be the same without him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he was something definitely special. 
And I don't remember when his last match is actually. That's actually a good question. I don't know if like, I don't know if I've heard a specific date. Probably the next Wrestle Kingdom, right? Uh, I would figure so. Wrestle Kingdom would be a proper place to uh, have your final ride. So. A specific segment where fans fall fall and call in for the podcast for a bit for a specific. Yeah, we could do that. You could do that, guys. Whenever the hell you guys want. You know, you Make can choice. call in when it's pay per view. When it's like post shows for pay per views, it's open, like it's an open thing. You know, but um. Don't- yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say just as long as you ain't like fucking Braun Strowman eating your mic. Yeah, he's always his face. <laughs> he eats his mic worse than Triple H. I never thought I would see somebody do that. At least when home- Triple H would look cool though. Like he's just holding because at least Triple H will be holding by like the block. Whereas fucking Strowman just got his hand on the very end, talking about something. He's 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 not like a Modern Warfare two chat room like it's yeah but yeah no we we can do it how you guys could just sometimes ask to call in it doesn't hurt we're like not very formal here you know we get less and less formal as time goes by like i said my only thing going into october like i said before dustin and i are looking at having a different vibe and feel to this entire thing different stylistically this will be different um you're probably not going to see any past brunches but there are going to be new ones and it's more just because we want to give it a, a, a season two feel after five years season two imagine that shit but um yeah like the like we're we're closing certain doors and opening other ones we just have different plans of the way things are going to go we who knows if if uh if one monday you don't see this show don't freak out we might we might preempt it to wednesdays when on certain nights for the wednesday night wars i'm not saying it's written in stone but it's definitely possible yeah, so, definitely plans out there. So. Yeah. Everything changes. But yeah, Fresh coat of paint going into season two. Yeah, but that Jushin Liger shit is crazy, huh? Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, we saw advertisements for what looked like uh, the new song on SmackDown, which is ACDC, Are You Ready? Which I think is a really cool pick for these guys to have. Um, you can't go wrong with ACDC. No, there is no wrong if you're if you're doing stuff like that. You know, they, they the music with SmackDown has been hit or miss over the years. You know what I mean? Like they'll they'll do one good thing, then they'll do one bad thing, then they'll do one good thing. It's like, <laughs> damn, Willie was distracting me with that. He said, uh, "I'll call well, motherfucker." When, I guess you ain't calling in. <laughs> I call it when Paul Dallas wins the title. Is that your way to say you call it when Hell freezes over? <laughs> no, it'll be after that. <laughs> I'll call in when Bo Dallas wins the title. Don't you threaten me, man. <laughs> yeah, just call in, you know, just call in regularly, you know. It's uh, and don't forget the other shows. If you're just listening to this on iTunes, go to the website to see the other content. You know, there's like a lot of other stuff that we're going to be doing on here. But yeah, next Monday if you if you don't see us on, don't freak out. It might get preempted to uh to Wednesday because believe it or not, this entire time that I've been uh and yes, that is the new SmackDown music I'm putting in the background. The entire time that I've been uh, on the air with you guys for the past few weeks, we've been moving to a new Talk Brunch studio. We've been changing locations, literally. Whenever I'm not here, I'm in the process of moving things. That being said, yeah. uh, if we are on next Monday, it'll be the final time that we're on at this current location before we move to something bigger and better, which is part of our big game plan. So, uh, if I get it done early and I'm all set up and I have all of the equipment ready that Monday, because that's officially the final day, then uh, we'll do it. If not, we'll do it from here one last time, you know, but worst case scenario, by uh, Wednesday, we'll be moved to the new location. 
also, as Triple H would say, and as ACDC says, are you ready? <laughs> I don't need to ask you twice because y'all all grown in here, I hope. What do you think? Does this music work for SmackDown? I like it. It's a different, it has a different little energy to it. doesn't hurt it, just like with every time these shows change their theme song it's just gonna take a little getting used to but besides that like nah it's great yeah I'm very excited about this upcoming month and uh like oh, I said yeah. there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot more content here I mean uh, for god's sakes October is going to be nuts <laughs> Yeah, and I gotta be honest, uh, anyone who's been on the inside or behind the curtain knows that this move has been coming for like a long time for us, and these changes have been coming for a long time, and uh, it has not been fucking easy to uh, get everything ready and sort it while keeping up with the show. I hate people who complain about their work or being tired or having shit to do, so you never hear me on here saying that, which is why I'm, I'm gonna keep this brief, but the last year has been really hard as far as getting uh everything going you know what i mean and uh yeah it's been nuts <laughs> because literally whenever i'm not doing stuff for us in our community that's all i've been doing is getting everything ready getting everything moved getting the location set up uh and all of that stuff it's, it has not been easy at all and so our stages willie as well as, well as the raw and smackdown and yes raw and smackdown are going to be completely different they've already confirmed that um, the stages, but yeah, our stages and our atmosphere is going to be different as well. And, uh, honestly, the one consistent person who has been able to push through this crazy shit with me on the air specifically, cause I appreciate all you supporters, but on the air has been Mr. Destin Frazier, who is, uh, officially, uh, co-host from now on. I've never given the title officially to him, but again, just because he's been, uh, I've never had to ask for him. He's just pretty much been around and he's known this entire thing's going on. We'll do some sort of an official thing during our, uh, uh, as we transition into the next episode. Uh, but yeah, that, that to me was something I just wanted to say because thank you, my friend, for being, uh, readily available uh, during this entire thing because a lot of the time my, my brain is scattered and I watch a match and a minute later I forget it because I'm doing <laughs> a thousand things, making a thousand phone calls, moving a thousand things around. And, uh, it literally would have been impossible at a certain point. And there's no such thing as impossibility with me. If you've, if you've known that, I'm pretty sure by having the seat you have, you've seen that, uh, even if it was me on the air by myself and my, uh, studio was on fire. I would literally do like they did in the Titanic and go down with the ship. So even with us just here, (laughs) even there is no like anyone who's been anticipating or listening in in anticipation of the end. Like one of my famous quotes says, there is no end. You know, it's just going to be a continuation of improvement that's never going to end. So regardless to how many things were to happen, even if we had to call in from fucking walkie talkies, even from an exo, even from my deathbed, uh, I've made the decision for myself personally that we're going to keep this shit going as, as long as 10 tangibly possible not just yeah. humanly tangibly possible so yes we must knight him mark says there you go you know? but uh yeah like i said last last couple of you, you guys can call in and do stuff like that you know just just contact me for the contact information we can even do it on discord as well like we're simultaneously on multiple um 
VOIPs right now. Like we can Skype or Discord and you can get directly into the chat with us and talk. I never really mention stuff like that just because we're usually pressed on time, but fuck time at this point. We could do whatever the hell we want on here. We made this shit, right? So if we waste a little time talking about, yeah, we could get on Discord or Skype, whatever's more comfortable for you guys, whether it's phones or you'd be amazed at how many different ways there are for you to call into this show that we've just never, you can call in via Xbox Live Party. Okay. You can, you can call in <laughs> via Google Voice. It's wired in so many ways that it's impossible. As a matter of fact, some of you could call in from Skype, Discord, and Xbox Live Party, and I'll be on here if you wanted to. Yeah, most <laughs> no, definitely. no one else is doing that shit. I dare you to find somebody on the planet that's doing that kind of shit. Oh, God. But yeah, for sure. Go back to what you're saying. <laughs> definitely. I mean, yeah, I've told you maybe glimpses here and there of stuff that I keep busy with. Never hear me bitching, though. Like, I'll put it to you like this. To put into context how busy my life is about to be, I'm about to be doing this and holiday season in retail. But you never hear me bitching. Literally, if somebody's not dead, I'm here. Okay? <laughs> like, Yeah, and that's that's the reason why the delay, when you guys keep asking about the new brunches, that's the reason why the delay and all the panelists are here, because we're looking at people and talking to people. But it's definitely going to be like with that level of mentality. I've been jokingly called on other networks, Rick McMahon. And I mean, maybe there's some truth to that, because I don't give a fuck too much about people's personal grievances and issues and sleepiness and tiredness and families and pets and grandparents and vehicles or any of that. Call me heartless. Call me fucking heartless. But everybody has problems and everybody has shit to do. And I think that real men don't talk about that shit all the time. That's why you never hear it from me. You've never, ever heard me on here talk about all the shit that I have to go through. I don't. Okay, you're not, no one's on here to hear about that. So the only reason I'm bringing it up to you guys is because it's positive news. Because I just wanted to point out that new studio, new format. And this man has never complained about anything. He's just ready to go for pretty much all stuff. And uh, Dude, there has been times where we have hopped on the air for streams. And you couldn't tell it unless I tell you, I have not wanted to be fucking awake. But I'm there. <laughs> Even when there have been five or six people, half of them not being intellectually justified at being on here, and this guy was in the background, he was ride or die. You know what I mean? So there were times for those some people don't know this when we used to do stuff like the post shows and Telltale. Every, what I used to tell you every time before we got off the air or before we got off the call: if you need me for Monday, I'll be around. But let me know. Yeah, I would do it. Every week, I do it every week for three months straight. I'd be on twice, but I just let him know, hey, if you need me, I got you. Yeah. And yeah, the rumors that you have heard, the legends you have heard are true. I have had to ask people, you know, when you come on, make sure you're at least taking notes of what you're doing or doing some sort of prep. But you know what, man? I've never had to ask him that because for him, it's been fucking common sense. Like I've had, I, I tell people that when I notice they don't know what the hell's going on. We've had people on here where it's like what made them look good was the program, the script and everything that went into it, not the, the literal word for word script, but the, but the concepts of what we're talking about being laid out for them is what kept them looking fucking good you know and i had to do that for several's not everyone but several's and uh when it comes to him i've never had to ask him to take any because he he's he's passionate about the wrestling we're talking about so he automatically fucking just knows the stuff when you're interested in it you don't really have to write as much stuff down so yeah there's been cases everyone's on a different basis as far as what we're doing to uh make sure that we're able to get through all of the news but i've never had to really tell him anything to be honest with you i would say he's the one person i've never we've never don't have any back 
backstage <laughs> conversations or run sheet. Like we don't really talk too much about the damn thing. And on days where we're going to play like a, a, a special stream, like a gear stream or whatever, sometimes my reminder is when I look on my friends list and he's already loaded into the game and I go, oh shit, I think I'm supposed to be loaded into that as well. And then I'll launch the game, you know, but there's not really much talking or planning, which to me is one of the reasons why this revamp came, because it's living proof between the two of us that it is possible not to have to rack your brains to do this. It ain't rocket science. And if everybody yeah. would just stop bitching and blaming their own lives for the reasons why they're not able to do things to a certain standard, everything around here could be great. Dude, I got so much stuff I deal with in my life, but I I work, I work my life around the show, like what from the second it hits 8 p.m. If I'm not at work, fuck everything else for a little while. Yeah, and, like and, it doesn't matter. Like I got because I gotta have my mindset here. And yeah. I mean, there's been a few times where it's come to streams. The only reason maybe we've been late getting a stream, like a prime example, I think with uh, the Modern Warfare beta. I just don't know when they're necessarily gonna play it. I don't find out till that day. But I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, let me get the, the second I can. So or I can tonight, try to be ready. But. Or even being late tonight where I'm sitting here ready like at 1125, but then all the damn things have to load and boot up and, and all of the yeah. uh, all of the, the follower list and everything has to sync. And I'm sitting like, come on. Like literally you know, the, but, the, uh, the most miscommunication we ever really have. Usually it's just from saying maybe some of the spontaneous game streams. One of us doesn't necessarily know if we're going to play it or not. But that's about yeah. it. But that's why they're called winged weekdays. But like I said, yeah. you know, I, I would and this I advise to everyone. It'll help with your mental health as well when you have things to do don't spend a lot of time focusing on the things you do and if you're obsessed with doing that certainly don't toxify your peers by uh talking about the things that you are that that you have to do you know what i mean like let's just say hypothetically next summer you get invited into a barbecue tell the people you can't make it don't run a list of all the shit you have to do because they're just too polite to tell you that they don't give a fuck and whenever I've asked anyone to do anything, if they've told me the things they have to do, there's a cons- this is a, a general mess for you. I've never given a fuck what you have to do because you've never heard me tell you what we have to do. And I'm saying this. This is a message as all friends to all friends in all communities. When you have friends to do that, don't do it to them anymore. No one gives a shit what you're actually doing on any level. They'd be more interested in what the full list of ingredients is in Tang than in what you're <laughs> Then in what you're doing, I promise you, people are too nice nowadays to say it, but nobody cares what the fuck you're doing at any point, at any given point. And I know the people who get it are going to laugh. The people that don't, you, 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 you get ass hurt by it. But that's the reality. And I think that's one of the things we wanted to remove from this situation. I don't want to hear what you have to do. I could care less, <laughs> you know? It would be, I'll, I might give you like a brief rundown, like, hey, going out of town for a little bit. Yeah, be back sometime soon. But that's about it. Just like the brief rundown, so you at least have an idea. If me, the only extra information I'll ever throw in might just give you a range of how long I might be busy. But once that stops, it's just like, all right, cool. <laughs> Yeah, but it's really. like, yeah, I'm not going through like a whole life story. I'm not sitting there like, oh, you know, having a birthday. You know, he's turning 26. But, you know, he's not like, no. Yeah, just- that, too much of that. Too much. Of that. Like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on this topic, but I do. I know we're supposed to be talking about wrestling, but it's like this feels good. You know, it's just to tell you. Right. It really wasn't. <laughs> just, just let it out. <laughs> we might do that next next week or even the week after. One of these episodes might be just a shoot episode. Where I'll, I'll do a disclaimer in the beginning where I'll say this isn't going to have much to do with wrestling. It's just going to be us just venting off the 2019 frustrations because our anniversary is coming up. And uh, our Halloween-a-thon's coming up, as well as a bunch of other big events. Um, for all of October, there's nothing but big events coming up. But yeah, you know, when you're dealing with this kind of stuff and we're all hanging on the chat, do you really think I give a fuck what anybody else is doing? I really don't, from the bottom of my heart. And if that's selfish, then so be it. I don't care. 
even if you're my family, even if you're my parents, even if you're my siblings, I don't give a shit what anyone's doing when they have to give you their backstories, you know? Like it just it, too you, busy. Life's too short for that shit. Yeah, you can just you can just kind of like give like a brief rundown. Hey, not gonna be around. Something like that. But that's it. Can't make it. Yeah. Hey, I'm not gonna be around it. tonight. But it's like <laughs> if nobody asks for the whole story, they don't need the whole story. I don't want to tell you about my back pain and oh, you know, I'm getting in strength strands of gray hair in my feet. You know, it's like shut up. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Go live your life, you low HP bastard. <laughs> oh, God. Write it down. <laughs> Wait, what the whole thing? You low HP bastard. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think about how often do we have like this many potential titles we always have on the air ever since we've been doing just two bad shows? Yeah, well, that's called chemistry, people. Pre once told me that she likes when our shows are like this because um, if this feels like anything can happen, as opposed to when we directly just follow the program religiously. She's like some of her best episodes when we fly off the cuffs. Which, by the way, shout out to her. I know she's probably long in bed with her hours, but yeah, she said those episodes. And I guess those are, you know, I kind of like when I don't know what I'm gonna say because yeah, I might piss some people off, but fuck those people. Let's be real. If at this point pissing them off is no longer something we even give a shit about at this point, like. If we piss you off, you've probably been long gone. Cool. Well, I said, plus being on, on call as a priceless honor. Well, no, dude, this wasn't just speaking about people in call. This is just in general, just in life. I, I don't want to make it seem like it was a show thing. Like, yeah, we've had incidents in that in the show, which is why we've tightened things up around here. But uh, just generally, like the show for us is no different than I'm sure you've all gone through when you ask anyone in your life to be a part of anything and they give you their sob story as the uh, as as I guess the context you know, and you don't, I'm sure you hate hearing it just as much as I would, you know? Like, if I don't ask, chances are I probably don't need to know. Yeah. All right, well, Rey Mysterio was at, uh, what the hell is this thing that he was at? He was, um, at a Viking, at a Vikings game. (laughs) This fucking story. It's that bad, huh? Yeah, it's that bad. (laughs) All right, let's see how they introduce Rey Mysterio. I don't even want to spoil this. I love this one. Have you seen this? No. Oh God. Twitter's been weird for me lately. The Ray, he's here. Look at him. He's in his uh, he's in his mask. It's like a luchador. This is like a Nacho Libre. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, it's I, like Nacho Libre. Oh my God, dude! How fucking disrespectful is that? Because that's the only luchador on the planet. Yo, how fucking disrespectful is that? God. That's one of the most disrespectful things I've ever heard. That was Fox, right? Yeah, I think so. These, oh, my God. You ever see somebody so stupid it hurts? Like These Fox people are like a cancer. Oh, my God. You know, like, I hate to say it, but these Fox people are, are a huge problem. Like, uh, for them to address him like that, Nacho Libre, he should right? be killed for that. String his ass up by his fucking toenails. Like, Do you think that he was trolling? I think he was just really dumb and trying to be funny. Which, sorry, sir, you failed miserably. Like, I hate when people with no sense of humor try to be funny. This is an art to comedy. It it's really in the is. first and step in art number one, be funny. <laughs> oh, God, my! And this is somebody who like is a, like 
full full disclosure, aspiring stand-up comedian. There's an artwork to this shit. Okay. The only Those... Lucha reference he had was Nacho Libra, and he thought he was being funny. Right? Like, you could have said Mucha Lucha something. Mucha Lucha would have worked better than that. Yeah, right. Because at least because at least that was a cartoon about wrestlers. Yeah, a cartoon about wrestlers that had heart, you know? God, that freaking some guy that Jack Black played. <laughs> I just remember when we used to always talk about Lucha, but we played this for no reason. That's an old button, right? We gotta start doing that again. Oh, man. But the insults with Fox don't end there. It seems like they're on a roll. This relationship's getting off to a rough start, if you ask me, because apparently, from what I'm seeing here, uh, Braun Strowman was at, uh, he appeared during a Fox made MLB broadcast. He was in the, uh, little booth talking with everybody and they had his credentials wrong they called him they had five total titles since his debut in 2014 but uh the the things listed is the wwe tag title world tag titles two times with nicholas and seth rollins the greatest royal rumble championship which is not a title the money in the bank which is not a title the andre the giant memorial about aurora which is not a title and the wwe year end award for male superstar of the year which is not a title those are all not titles fox doesn't understand what they're listing they don't even know what they're doing oh my god and then uh it gets worse because this guy keith alberman i don't know who the hell that is i guess some fox sports fucking that name sounds familiar i feel like i might remember what this one's gonna be i yeah oh, god, he, I he puts a picture of uh braun in the booth with the other guys and he's like you guys are kidding right like i guess sort of implying like what's this guy doing here and i wasn't sure when i read that tweet i wasn't sure if that's what he was saying like was he was this guy legit saying you guys are kidding as in uh you know you guys have to be kidding that you'd have this guy on here. And then uh the guy goes on to elaborate, you know, where he basically says that uh that they're having this uh this important game on there and uh they bring some wrestling guy on there. So uh <sighs> that's pretty crazy. Like, you know, he that, that that's what he uh Yeah. I don't even know what to say it, about this guy, man. It, it it's it's like the same level and or lack of intelligence that the people who always just like oh if you play video games you're gonna be a school shooter like no yeah yeah but what a piece of garbage should just be like oh you guys got this wrestling guy on here during one of the most important games and, uh, it's like well it would know. be better if we had you <laughs> yeah no that's a shitty attitude to have you know and it's called they're coming to fox it's called it's a magical thing called promotion <laughs> yeah, like, how does he work for this company and have that attitude? I don't get that. Like, are you kidding me? Fox is going through all this trouble to promote, and you're going to have, like, one of your own people? Is that one of their own? I have no idea. I, didn't, I, I really hadn't even heard of him. Oh, wait a minute. It says that he's a Emmy-nominated AMS and NWA-sealed chief meteorologist at WCIA3. Okay, so he's a weatherman. <laughs> the weatherman is, 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 is shitting on wrestlers? Ain't you supposed to be telling me when the wind blows this week? Like... Yeah, aren't you supposed to be fucking your secretary or something on your spare time? Secretary ain't fucking him. Let's be real, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so here's a quote here. It says, most important series of the year, and Fox has some WWE dude in the second inning talking about wrestling during a baseball game. Give, give me back Lennon, Lennon DJD. This is ridiculous. I'm not sorry, guys. I don't know who the hell that is. But, uh, yeah. And then uh, Braun says, oh, you mad because people care about me and want to see me on TV? Don't make me come show you how to forecast the weather, old man. <laughs> I'd love to see Braun Strowman do the weather. Yeah. You can't tell me that wouldn't be funny. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy to be like so Fox has been disrespectful a couple of times already doing stuff like that. Yeah. There's a couple of bad eggs in there. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna need them to get rid of them before they go. Yeah, really, man. Like if like I I understand not being educated about the business, but don't do stuff just because like the two and a half friends you have think it's gonna be funny. Yeah, no, that was a scumbag move. Because all you're gonna do is turn that whole wrestling audience that's coming over against you. Yeah, it just gives it's like automatically the fans, and you know the way wrestling fans are. They're gonna remember that for years now. Oh yeah, they'll never learn for you. He'll never live that down. Like now he's he'll, he'll he'll go to the afterlife hearing about that one. And he did it on Twitter of all places. That's like their battlefield. Oh my god! <laughs> you know he was standing in an open grass field full of swordsmen, and then he just drew his. It was like shing. Like the motherfucker, drew, the motherfucker drew the needle, and there was a bunch of claymores everywhere. Like, yeah, like uh, I don't know. That's that's to me. It's just really, really disrespectful. They need to put a leash on their people over there on Fox. But you know what? Fox has always had that kind of problem, not just uh, with sports, but they're just the 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 vocal nature of them and the way they open mouth, insert foot constantly yeah. at Fox. You know, this is the kind of stuff I was worried about too. That this migration was going to cause this kind of fuckery. You know, that might hurt the shows going over to Fox later on because it's like you think what rest like a lot of fans aren't necessarily gonna want to go watch stuff on your channel if you're just disrespecting this war like that yeah so that guy was really disrespectful and then the funny thing about it is it's not uh it it's not to say that braun doesn't have a justification i mean maybe this isn't a major justification for him being there but apparently braun Strowman's dad was a great softball player it's not baseball but he was a great softball player. Like, I'm not just talking like in some field somewhere. Like, the guy is a known televised softball player, you know? So I think that's somewhat of a, of a qualification, which I don't think that you should need a qualification if you're, if you're on the same network as someone, but that, that's somewhat of a qualification. But I'm going to let you hear this here. Background. Uh, Rick, the crusher share is one of the all time great slow pitch softball hitters correct yeah i think back in when i was coming here today i remember stories uh my dad was on louisville sluggers advisory board back in the 80s 70s and 80s and they would travel around doing hitting exhibitions in between double headers of the baseball games for the mlb and i heard stories of dad coming out here one day and doing the hitting exhibition and hit about 10 balls on the roof of the building on the other side of waverland <laughs> out there <laughs> did you grow up playing I did, I did, I did. I played baseball through high school and then uh, kind of grew out of the baseball, uh, started doing the football, more strength sports. And I actually played slow pitch softball for a while at a pretty high level, traveling around the country, but never to the level that my father did. I, I always felt like I'd never really get out of his shadow, so I had to cast myself out in the world and make my own. Yeah, Braun seems like a really cool dude, man, from just shit on a yeah. guy who, who's, who's uh, just doing like, I don't know, that really, mean, it pissed me off. You know what I mean? It's, it's just like, why the hell like, did you do that? If you don't know anything about the sport or about the aspect of it in at all, no matter whether it's a sport, show, movie, anything like that, keep your mouth shut. Because nobody wants to hear your half-ass, not even half-ass, quarter-ass opinion. Yeah, you know, because that's what people were expecting them to do. And them doing yeah. it doesn't look good. But, uh, yeah, so Mark Henry actually... Uh, said i would love to bash keith alberman but it would be a waste of time i will i will cast judgment on who he works with if no apology comes soon the wwe doesn't deserve his contempt if wwe fans boycotted his network man his network management would slap his hand wake up keith 
And then Bully Ray said, I'm in complete agreement. So uh, Mark Henry's becoming like the Al Sharpton of WWE, right? <laughs> he really is. After you fuck up, you got to apologize to him. There you to be go. All right. You know, now Mark Henry wants an apology. You done fucked up. <laughs> and let's be real. Nobody, nobody, nobody's wasting the time to bash a weatherman. So, I mean. Yeah. That's probably, that's probably why it's trying to take shots and look at everybody else has better things to do with their life and be like, hey, you can't even tell the weather, right? Yeah. So, yeah, this, this Fox thing, they, they need to uh, reel these people in a little bit, man. Like, that's <laughs> that sucks. You know? Get it together, Fox. I mean, I've seen from whether it be the table of three he was on, just backstage stuff in general. Yeah, Braun's a very, just all around, just fun person to be around. I think I saw, I can't remember where the video was, but I think I saw a video once he was riding in a car with somebody and he was rapping Biggie. Funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. But see, that's the thing. You don't, you don't do that to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I, you know what I think it is? There's a lot of people at Fox who are probably rubbed the wrong way by this association. Like a lot of those hardcore sportscasters and stuff, they still look down. They turn their nose up on wrestling and, uh, it causes things like that, you know? Yeah, well, they got two choices. Get with the program and get with the program. He said, Squire said the forecast for their relationship. <laughs> For the host, man. Squire said the forecast to their relationship looks cloudy. <laughs> Pun. That was funnier than both of those jokes. Yeah, right. And that guy's stupid ribs at poor Braun. And then Nacho Libre guy over there. See, see, even he gets the art of comedy. Oh, boy. I hope that things don't continue to go in that direction, though. They, they don't need that right now. Exactly. You know? Like, um, I don't know, because at the same time, they're going to be asking WWE, and that's what makes it rough, that wrestlers love sports. So now you got a bunch of WWE guys that uh, that basically would promote them and put them over, and you'd have that, you know, transitional audience that isn't going to be there if they continue to handle it like this. Yeah, you can't have a couple of bad eggs that just want up souring everything for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, I know you hosted too. Thank you, Cool Ice. Now, uh, all right, so our next story is an update story here. And this is about our old friend, Big Cass. Remember him? No? Uh, all right, yeah. moving on then. Never mind. <laughs> so uh, he put out a public statement where he said, I have been very honest with my past struggles, and it has been an ongoing battle. On Saturday night, I obviously let my demons get the better of me, and I ruined an important night for a really great guy in an unfortunate series of events. I have worked incredibly hard to get where I am and even harder to overcome my ongoing battle with depression. Oh, Ooh, I can't. I almost can't get to the end of this before I get mad, but I will. I will work my absolute hardest. To right the wrongs of Saturday night and apologize to Kevin Matthews, Pat Buck, Joey Janela, and the entire Russell Pro locker room and all parties involved from the bottom of my heart. I'm getting help from my family and friends as we speak and will be getting professional help in the near future and ask all to please respect my privacy in the meantime. When and if I reemerge as a public figure, it'll be in good faith and I hope to inspire those who struggle with the same mental health issues I do to seek the help they need. If Tyson Fury can do it, so can I. Remember, I ain't dead yet, and neither are you. Peace and love. William Patrick Morrissey the third. You know, man, I'm just tired of it at this point. I don't care how heel I come off with this new pussified, soft-ass, crazy society that we live in. But 
this whole attitude that the internet and the whole wrestling community, the IWC, if you will, about everyone deserves a second chance. I'm pretty sure we're past two with him, for starters. We're past like eight. You know, <laughs> the, the, what happened with the last chance with the DDP and all that? Like, it just feels like this has happened already. And I'm really sick and tired of people making it seem like their decisions happen to them. I get it. I understand that there's addiction. It's still a choice in some cases. In most cases, his past demons did not get the better of him. You know what I mean? The bottle didn't grow arms and legs and jump into his fucking mouth and shove itself down his throat. You have to make a conscious decision to put yourself in a situation where your demons can reach you. That means that Big Cash had to get into a car, drive to a liquor store, walk into the liquor store, pull out his wallet, swipe his ATM card or his credit card or whatever, buy the bottle, open it and drink the fucking thing there's too much thought i get that there's addiction but for me and i don't care if people agree man there's too much thought between addiction and and uh and execution where if he gave enough of a fuck he could have not done that and uh, i also don't like and i know it's a cliche thing to do nowadays i also hate when people blame depression on all of their mistakes i'm depressed and this is the reason why I'm allowed to treat people bad, insult others, be drunk, be disorderly, be stupid. You know what I mean? I'm really tired of everyone saying that it's because they suffer from depression. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you like a lot like not everybody's happy all the fucking time, but you don't see us running around messing up other things. And let's be real. Can't really make it up to the guy. It was his last night. You yeah, like, fucked that up. Like Squires just said in the chat, it was the guy's last night for this. It it he doesn't get greatly, a second though. last night. It, it upsets me greatly though up. because again, I'm not saying that everybody falls into this category and that people don't have problems. Obviously, we all have issues and problems. Nobody's perfect. I think to some extent, everyone in the human race is a little bit crazy that's the only way it would work that's what makes us all unique we all have different trains of thought perception of those trains of thoughts can be perceived as insane to others that doesn't mean that it is it's all a point of view i get that but there are cases like this where people are just assholes there's been repeated instances of this guy being an asshole and it's not because of depression or because of alcohol. Some people are just assholes. But I just hate... You could be an asshole. It's fine, you know? But just don't lean on that thing, oh, my mental health. I hate when those words are used for everything. My mental health and my depression. My mental health and my depression. Every time I hear that, it almost feels like now it's just a cop-out. It's just the go-to. If someone makes a mistake or they make a bad choice or they're an asshole, they're either going to blame their mental health or their depression. And then they're going to tell everybody and assure them that they're seeking help. And then they're going to always say something at the end, that cliche, please respect my privacy in the meantime, because now you're deflecting heat. Because now, by default, based on this new shit fucking reality we live in, if anybody does question or judge you, they're the bad guy. Because you've asked for us to respect your privacy after you didn't respect somebody else's departure from a company. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. I don't get how people get to fuck up nowadays. And all they have to do is say that they're depressed and have mental health issues and are getting help and all's fucking forgiven. Can somebody please explain to me how this has started to happen? Everybody's all, everybody wants to be in their fucking safe place and shit. No, you fuck up on that level. You don't get privacy. I don't see how we became a world like this where that's all you have to say. It's bullshit, man. It doesn't make sense. It, it it gives people. Remember back in the days when you didn't have an excuse to fuck up. If you fucked up, you fucked up, <laughs> and you yeah. dealt with the consequences. You, you what, 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 what's, what's going on? Like now we now we the what he fucks up. 
Pat Bucks last night, oh, we're supposed to just not, like, we're supposed to not come after him, not respect his privacy. No, you fuck with a man last night, you're going to deal with the repercussions of that, and you're going to fucking deal with it, because you're the one who fucked it up. I, I could be wrong about this, but in all the time that we've heard about Scott Hall suffering from demons, I don't ever recall him saying it was because of his mental health or his depression. No, it's because he said he was a fucking drunk. I don't remember Eddie saying that kind of shit. Like I said, I could be wrong. It could be my my old memory, you know, but it's just like, it feels like everyone, and again, this isn't just a, a big cast, it just feels like everyone does this shit now where it's like, well, I had mental health issues, so the only thing I could do is go away. Really? That's all you could do is go away? If you go away, stay the fuck away. Because that means you weren't strong enough in the in the first place. Exactly. You know, it's like, and the guy, again, they said he kept going to his car back and forth throughout the night, which means he's probably taking swigs. We talked about that last week. And, and I'm not even judging. To me, it's two separate things. His drinking problem and his, uh, him calling, calling it depression are just two separate things. Everybody is a little bit sad every now and then. But when you use that as an excuse for you to have my anxieties, my depression, my this, my medication, what are we turning into? What are we really turning into in this world? Not, nothing makes sense anymore. Like, <laughs> You know, and again, this isn't me saying that these conditions don't exist. I'm just saying that it's become almost favorable to say that you're these things. It did like you know? it, it's become the thing you use now to try to take a little of the edge off. Depression and anxiety have become new forms of currency. You know, like I have this, so don't don't mess with me. You know, it's like I'm just tired of it. I'm not going to do any of that. You know, I don't care if, if 20 years from now I'm the I'm that old man that they talked about. You know, that's like yeah, this guy's stuck in his ways. I'll be stuck in my ways forever because this to me is nonsense. You show up somewhere drunk and disorderly, and you're accountable for your actions, regardless of if you were sad or depressed or you're angry or whatever the fuck you are. You're still responsible for your action. Everybody goes through shame. You know what? There's a lot of people suffering from that kind of stuff that don't allow it to affect the people around them the way that he did the, the way he made a scene you know to me it's nonsense i'm sorry but i'm not here to make fucking friends i'm here to tell you how how i feel about things. that's nonsense what a we, we 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 live in reality if everybody else wants to live in fairy tale land look like nah it, it doesn't work like that anymore like you know and it's like and that, that's another thing and I, again i'm not trying to target this guy but and everyone just like him everyone now now they, they'll proclaim him like a hero like it's heroism that he came forward with the fact that he's depressed and the fact that like he's and he's gonna get help and now you encourage this and it's oh this this, this cycle it, it it's not this is not a, a healthy way to solve anything for anyone it's just the easy way to give people a few free passes at being assholes you know? <laughs> It pisses me off, <sighs> So then Enzo uh, was on Busted Open Radio and he spoke about it. He's quoted saying, depression is a serious battle and people who are fighting it are just like me and you. And some are hiding it. You can act like everything is fine and all right. But I need people to know that Big Cass is in the same situation. He's a big guy, a tough guy, but he's vulnerable right now. He wants the world to know that if I can struggle with it, then it's okay for you to do so too. The number one thing you need to do when battling depression anxiety is to be there for one another because the world can bring you down and i refuse to let it take me down and take down my tag team partner when big cast wakes up in the morning and he's questioning why he's alive that's something i can't relate to but i have to understand and you know what it's a human thought for him to question why he's alive that doesn't mean i mean people go through this kind of stuff without doing this kind of shit without needing to drink you know, without needing any kind of alcohol, you know, you're literally just having liquid poison for what? How's that going to help you? <laughs> oh, boy. You know, but uh... of course, but of course, because he used the D word, we have Russell Pro's Kevin Matthews 
who all forgave him. Pat Buck forgave him. Everybody forgave him. Kevin Matthews said, myself and the entire WrestlePro family are all behind you and wish you all the health and happiness in the world, my friend. Can't wait to see the new and improved Kaz XL. Kick ass, but you see what I mean? Like, that's the kind of pep talk that you give a kid who just took a fucking spoon of Frosted Flakes before playing soccer. I know that's an old commercial reference, but you know. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you, know, you know, Tony comes out and like, hey, and he gives you the thing, and then the kid wins at the sport. Oh, my God. They're great. That's what it is. Depression. It's great. That's what it becomes, like a power-up. You know, now they're encouraging the guy, you know. Oh, my God. And then, uh, you know, rooting for you, Kaz, and I don't know. He, Pat Buck says, if the New York Jets fans can endure anything, Godspeed. Us New York Jets fans can endure anything. Apparently, ain't not. that young Stasis? Damn, but um, <laughs> Destin's too young to remember the Tony the Tiger things. I fucking remember Tony the Tiger. What you mean? It's been a minute, but oh god. But it's like with Pat Buck, I can see him doing it just because it's like Pat Buck ain't really got a bad bone in his body. So it's just like it, I'm not knocking okay. these guys for yeah. for for uh forgiving him, but I'm just saying that that apology to me comes off better when it's like i fucked up you know i shouldn't have been drinking i know i have a drinking problem and i apologize for the way that i acted without saying you know it's also because i suffer from depression and i had a hard life and i got anxieties and i've been madling with my mental health since i was a kid and like you fucked up because you picked up the box dude just start what i'm sorry i shouldn't have been drinking like if you have all those i'm not even denying that it's possible you do have all those but it's like that that goes without saying if you're fucking up don't use it as like a shield you know you have mental issues clearly i mean we've been watching your history you were told not to do something and went out in the ring and did it literally right after being told not to do it. There's something wrong. Other things, there's been hints throughout the, but I mean, don't use that as like a, as like a shield. It, you know, just apologize. Yeah, like Squire said, it's basically like it's no accountability. You're denying all accountability by blaming it else on something else. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's just like, Maybe apologize. Let's just say you have to say this. If you truly believe that you're someone, he said, I'm a, Mark said, I'm a Falcon fan. I know depression. 23 and eight, 28 and three. I always remember. No, fuck. Let's just say that you truly, that you've gone through something like this and you truly believe it was because of your mental health. All I'm saying is that a few days after you fucked somebody over is not the time to talk about your mental health. That's the time to apologize. Go get that help. And then after you get that help, maybe in a shoot interview in the future, talk about it. You know, you know, I was suffering from mental health. I was going through depression at the time. And I know I was like Mike Tyson did it the right way. You know, Mike Tyson was an asshole true and through. You know what I mean? And then he afterwards, in hindsight, when he felt that he was out of the woods, then spoke about what he was going through. You know, you're too you're still too knee deep in the shit where I could smell it on you for you to already be talking like you're a champion and that's the problem with the mental health nowadays in society that people are rewarded for just thinking about getting better you know what i mean like before you know it's not even coming out i'm going into rehab because i have an alcohol problem so i'm heroic you don't even know if they're gonna do it are we gonna start doing that in school too are we gonna start like giving celebrations to the kids before they pass the fucking citywide test you know what i mean like at the end of the day yeah you're going to rehab so that they could try to help you the key word here is try why are we celebrating prematurely maybe this is the reason a lot of these people do wind up rehabbing you know because you make them relax too much you don't tell them about how hard of a journey it's going to be and how much shit they're going to have to go through instead everybody's celebrating like we're at the end of the fucking road every time somebody announces they're going to rehab 
Shit, even if you do a minor thing and and, and, uh, and and get busted for it, the judge will tell you to stay out of trouble for a year. He wants a full 365 days before he figures out whether or not you're full of shit. And you're telling me you could be crazy and then just decide you're going to go get help and already that you're, you're great? Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here with that nonsense. You know? Unbelievable. So, yeah, sorry, but uh, not sorry when it comes to the big cast situation where he literally just got back in the good graces of people and started doing shoots and talking about how great he was. I felt like that was last week. Wasn't that last week? It might have literally been last week that we were on here talking about how much better he is. It was like maybe two weeks at Two best. weeks. Two weeks ago, because last week is when he got busted. But yeah, he, he doesn't even get the sorry, not sorry. He doesn't get you just, no, not sorry. Hmm. You get that shit maybe the first time. You don't even get the sorry from me. Oh, you know, but then things went bad for me again. This isn't an episode of Shameless, motherfucker. Get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> God, uh. She knows he's going to be big muffin top all over again. Yeah, I remember. I was there. I seen. T- it's like, nobody gets, like, like, stop congratulating people before they've actually done stuff. I've told you this story off the air. I got a friend next month. She'll be celebrating two years sober. Nobody congratulated her for shit till she got clean. That's the way it's supposed to be. Look at and, that. And, and, and she's not blaming it on all depression and anything. She was like, "No, I was an addict." Like I mean, to this day, whenever we talk, I still always tell her how proud I am of her. But that's because she already won. She already won the fight. People and she's still a- winning the fight. Yeah, people take a double standard with things because, you know, if you if you took a fucking axe to somebody and you OJ Simpson them and you were just like, look, I was, oh, depressed. Ah. I was really <laughs> depressed, man. Like I, I had so many different things going wrong for me and uh, I had anxiety and depression and Starbucks at the same time. <laughs> And just ask this bitch. Is that anxiety, depression, and Starbucks? <laughs> Write it down. Write it down. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. That might be the one. That might be the anxiety, one. Anxiety, depression, and Starbucks? <laughs> that, that's a contender right there. You know, Holy like, Jesus. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, squad's right. People don't know the difference between hang-ups and stronghold. Yeah, you know. And, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that I don't believe in addiction because I know that's how this is going to come up. Well, he doesn't believe in addiction. I'm just saying that even if you should be held to the, that, that damages people, man. You know, that fucks people up. Yeah. Like you, know? you when, when you win a fight with an addiction, it's your responsibility to keep winning that fight. It's your responsibility to stay off it. And when you fuck up, guess what? It's nothing else but you that fucked up, you know? And, uh, I've never had any addiction problems and I've, I've always been vocal about when I have a drink or whatever during the show and everything. I mean, for, for a long time, I just kind of stopped with alcohol just because I don't, I'm, I just think life's better without it, you know? And I don't even have to preach to people, oh, you don't drink or you shouldn't drink. Cause I, it's like, you can drink. It's, it's awesome. I, I just found for me personally, I just think life, the quality of life is better without any of that shit in your system, even at small quantities and seeing how people have treated others that do that has made me not want to support something. I mean, it may sound weird, but even knowing that I would never be that way, it makes me not want to support something that can have that effect on other human beings. It's like, why would I do that? You know what I mean? If I, if I had a drink of something, right. And I felt okay. And then you had a drink of it and disintegrated next to me. It will be weird for me to just be like, well, fuck it. It didn't, it doesn't affect me. I (laughs) I probably wouldn't support that brand. So I'm looking like this. I can drink alcohol and be fine. It doesn't bother me. And yeah, sometimes it feels great, but just seeing the behavior of people under it that haven't had that, it's kind of like, you know what? I can't support or partake in this just seeing what it's capable of doing to people. You know, it's like, it's just willpower for God's sakes, you know, but own your shit for doing that. 
I mean, like me, I'll have a drink every once in a blue moon. I think the last time I had a drink was my birthday. Just because never really any time that calls for it. It's me where I'm just like, hey, birthday, new year, have a drink, fuck it. But it's like, I, I rarely, I don't drink anywhere near like I used to. I used to try to get out almost any weekend I could. Now it's just like, if it's not a special occasion, I really don't care. It's not, it's not as big of a thing. But it's like, I'm not judging anybody who doesn't drink. I'm not judging anybody who drinks a lot. It's just like, when it affects me personally, that it needs to go. And yeah, the first step to recovery is admitting you're an addict. Not the last one. Let's celebrate with these people at the last one. Cut them cake and tell them how great they are at the end of that shit. Otherwise, they're going to be like Sonny. Tammy said, step one, step one, step one, step one, step one. You know what I mean? How many times are we going to, you know, to the point how people ignore her? We don't even know. I bet you guys can't remember if she's in or out of jail right now or if she's probably. I think nobody, she's nobody knows. She's in probably, right? Who knows? Probably. It's like fucking Harley Quinn of the WWE universe. It's like she's constantly, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sonny Quinn. There you go. <laughs> After a while, you're desensitized to it. When you used to hear about her when you were young, because she was such a an, an icon at the time for like women and stuff, and such a sexual icon. I mean, when you heard it, it was like, oh my god, Sonny's being arrested or Sonny this. Now it's kind of you hear about it. it it's, it's it sounds like everything. It just sounds like anything else, you know. It sounds like when you hear about a new episode of Suits coming on, and when you're out the other, you know. It's like if somebody told you the sun's coming up, it's just like and. Because people don't realize that there's such a thing as desensitization in our world, even though the word exists. If you do something if if you hear somebody sad enough or cry enough or drink enough or do things after a while you just don't feel anything anymore you know you you become callous you grow your mind grows calluses to this person's grief they they abuse it too much and that and that's what i'm seeing here you know but anyway let's stop talking about them fuck them if you drink fuck you i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> sir okay He's i am offended in arkham oh my god yeah, it smells like fucking booze or a Hall of Fame ring. So the revival, it's interesting because we're now hearing that uh they were offered a massive contract, but they still haven't re-signed with WWE. The fuck are they doing? This this sounds a lot like uh Dean Ambrose all over again. Jesus Christ. This I feel Dean like Am- I feel like we talked like six months ago that they hadn't signed yet. This is Dean Ambrose all over again because uh it sounds like they're doing what they can to make them want to be signed but they're not signing yet you know so i hope they don't wind up in a situation where they look at this they gave these guys that team with randy Orton, like they're gonna keep giving them stuff in hopes of keeping them around and uh at the end they'll just peace out anyway because when you think about it they gave dean ambrose one of the best send-offs since rick flair's retirement like they treated they had the goodbye shield thing going for weeks that was the longest goodbye ever are you kidding me Goodbye, goodbye, Dean Ambrose, and and farewell to the Shield was almost longer than the Shaka Zulu miniseries. Oh no! <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can't believe you brought that shit up. <laughs> oh my god! Like I feel like remember when back when the Shaka Zulu was playing, it would always the always trailer the most thing that would trailer next on Shaka Zulu. This is like, oh. this is one of those things where I felt like no matter what I was watching, they were talking about the Shield one last ride last time showing the thrill it's like you don't want them to do that with these guys you know like to have the revival and they keep treating them good to try to have them sign and then they get they just don't show up you know be the greatest rib in the history like yeah. like all right guys you uh you got 17 tag title runs you got a race wrestlemania main event you got a side <laughs> nah. <laughs> that's what wwe has been doing though you know like that's that's sort of how they are 
That's their MO. You know, early in the chat room, Cool Eye said, let me get this straight. Whenever someone's ready to leave, that's when Vince wants to push you. And just like anxiety and depression, people don't want to believe that WWE uses pushes as a form of currency in their world. Oh, yeah. Why do you think, why do you think fucking Ziggler's still here? Yeah. He gets a, he gets a half a push and then it's like, all right, I'll resign. Yeah, that's what they do. They give him that half push, right? It, it, it's because he's too stupid to see through it. Like, we, won't, we won't give you a push. We'll give you a little nudge. <laughs> that's, they, that's, that's how they catch you. That's how they catch your ass, you know? They give you they a nudge. They do it because people like Ziggler are dumb enough to sign afterwards. <laughs> Why do you think fucking Mike Canellis is still here? Yeah, you know? Or Luke Harper. Luke Harper's another person who we found out recently. They brought him back to TV, and you know what, man? The guy's not signed. Oh, God. His contract's supposed to be up in a few months, but they say you're supposed to add, according to Mel, so you add six months to that few months. I don't know how they managed to, I guess because of his injury, they added more time to it. So maybe they want to try to show him, look, we're going we're gonna to do good by you. And then the second he signs, nope. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. Well, I wouldn't be shocked if that's why a lot of these guys won't sign, because they know the second they sign on that dotted line, all the fun's over. Oh, it's definitely possible. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the revival sees that. I wouldn't be surprised if they're sitting there right now. Like if we sign this, we're not even going. We're, we're not even going to be on, on so much as the pre-show for main event at this rate. I wouldn't be surprised if there's somebody on the outside telling them, "Hey, listen, they're gonna get. They're gonna tell you this, and they're gonna tell you that. Don't buy any of that shit. Just do what Ambrose did." Yeah, <laughs> Ambrose know? didn't buy it. You know, Ambrose Ambrose didn't say anything. I think that's one of the most brilliant exits ever. You know, he just stood himself. Yeah, no problem. Hey, we're going to bring you that contract soon. Yeah, sure. No problem. You know, and then he left. Hey, you want to sign that contract? Uh, think about it. Greatest poker face in all of the wrestling business, man. Nobody had any idea what was going through his head because he said silence drives people nuts. And he's right. You never show your hand. The fact that he wasn't telling them where he was or how he was feeling left them in limbo. So they didn't know what to offer. So they offered him everything. You know, it's like not knowing why a baby's crying, except the baby's not crying. <laughs> Are you hungry? Do you need to be fed? Is it that you don't like the food? You need to be burped? You want to go to sleep? Did you, did you shit your pants? What happened? <laughs> what happened? You don't know. <laughs> what happened is I went, I went to AEW. That's what happened. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> we live, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, so <sighs> oh, boy. So, uh, apparently fans at Certain events, like at this Raw that was in Knoxville last week, good old Tennessee, remember that one? They, uh, they changed their seats in order to, uh, to, to have the cameras look better. So like, for example, let's say that you're behind the hard camera and you have like seventh or sixth row seats that put you pretty much near, uh, right where the front where you could see everything. They would move you around and put you much higher. So that they'd make the hard camera area look better. Oh my God. Mark said Ambrose is the Harriet Tubman of wrestling. I am <laughs> fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this guy paid for 17th row seats on the bleachers and, uh, they moved him across the building to the back corner in the 17th row, 27 rows back in the corner. So uh, this was so that they would make it look more crowded. So if, rather than having people all around a square in the ring, you know, so he pays for better seats and he doesn't get it. And then the funny thing is I'm looking at the ringside uh, message boards and there are people who are saying that it's BS. Oh, you can't move people to worse, cheaper seats without their consent. You know, it's like, really? 
Is that what you fucking believe, man? They own that at that period of time. They own that building. If they want to put you in a trash can in the back, they will put you in a trash can in the back. This is a big corporation. They 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 swing their power around. Look at how they that side looks. This, this from ringside side. Look at how that side looks with the left side empty. See that shit? Look at it. They move those people from that other side where they were close, so that they would make that one side look full for the cameras. I get to be on camera. I don't give a fuck when you put me. Are you kidding me? I would care. I'd want to be closer. Yeah, like, well, you at least put me closer, but it's like... You know, and then there are people that are saying that they were moved in London for SmackDown. They had pretty good seats, but they moved them to help fill another section for for TV. They gave them gift vouchers, you know, but that that was pretty much it, you know. Huh. some One person said that the same thing happened to him at a SmackDown. He was moved to, to the floor in the far back corner of the entrance ramp, where the, and, and it's where they operate the crane camera, and he wasn't allowed to stand up, and they kept making him sit down because the camera operating over his head... And he had a six-year-old grandkid with him, and he he couldn't see the, the the kid couldn't see the ring, and the big screen over the ring was close, but it was but you had to look straight up into the air, and uh, he picked seats in the bleachers to make sure that he could see everything, and uh, instead they moved him. Yeah, you if you're gonna move somebody, at least move them somewhere where they can still enjoy the show, like you know. But then there are people saying that this entire thing is a dirt sheet lie, and that there are a lot of pre-taped matches that WWE does for main event. And that what we're seeing is the taping of one main events on, which is possible because if you look at the image, it does have the main event logo at the top there. But then yeah. at the same time, there are people in the comments, several people that are recalling their own stories of being moved. I mean, where, what am I to believe? Am I to believe that only half the people showed up and because it's only still on main event and coincidentally, the only half that showed up all happened to be for that one side? Right. You know what I mean? Like, really? So we're saying that, oh, it looks this way because the arena is not full, full yet. Really? You know, only half of them didn't show up, literally. <laughs> <laughs> like, wouldn't there be like spotted spaces everywhere if only half the people showed up? Like when you watch UFC and people are still filling in, they're not just all filling in in one seated area, right? Like, no, you they're, see coming, they're coming from every there. different angle. You know, when it pans out, there's a few people seated in a complete 360 degree angle. So we're supposed to believe that the reason for the people who are saying that uh, the dirt cheese line, we're supposed to believe that half of that coincidentally only got filled like that. Man, I've been <laughs> freaking Monster Jam shows back when the dome was still around. And when that thing was filling up during the pit parties, you didn't just see one side fill up. You, you look, you, if you looked up one moment and then looked up 20 minutes later, it looked like a completely different thing. And it wasn't just one spot. It was all over the place was filling up. You'd have to coordinate for people to be on one side like that, man. <laughs> you would literally have to be like everybody with tickets on the left side of the arena. So don't give me that arena still filling up shit. When, when we used to show pictures of TNA like this, aside from the crazy TNA listeners, no one ever disputed that. So I'm not going to give let them get away with it either, you know? <laughs> you exclude the crazy ones. Yeah, of course you got to. I mean, they're TNA fans. You know they're crazy. I can't still wish it was that raw. <laughs> oh, no, not him again. <laughs> so, legend has it that there's real heat between Sasha Banks and... uh alexa bliss we talked about this on here almost a year ago but if you recall there was a there was some sort of back and forth i don't remember what the words but but there was some shoot conversation that they had on twitter where uh they just both sort of took jabs at each other you know as a matter of fact i remember at one point sasha banks recently she took a jab at alexa bliss being injured and then there were a few people who were like not cool that you like you know like back when she was concussed so um yeah but apparently what happened was there was an alexa bliss fan account who uh 
they basically quoted Sasha Banks saying, I felt so bad about Paige. I would never try to intentionally hurt someone. And then they quoted her again saying, also Sasha Banks, cheap shots, cheap shot kick to little miss Alexa Bliss for no reason. So let me try to explain what it is that she's talking about. You could tell me if you think it's a just part of them them working or what it is. Okay, I'm going to bring it up on the screen right now here. Okay, here is the spot, okay, as you can right. see here. So what happens basically, and, I, and again, I don't know if this is part of the angle or whatever here. We'll have to observe it to look. But what, what's happening here is Sasha goes, you know the way the heel usually does or the baby face where they run to the person who's not tagged, the illegal person's corner. They, they already yeah. got the upper hand in the appointment. So she's supposed to run over there, hit Bliss off of the apron. That whole little spot. She goes to swing and Bliss dodges. So what they're implying is that after Bliss dodges, Sasha kicks her legit for dodging the bump, which I don't know. Let's have a look. Confidence is because Sasha's not afraid to be herself. Confidence is because Sasha's not afraid to be herself. Confidence is because Sasha's not afraid to be herself. Confidence is because Sasha's not afraid to be herself. What do you think? That looked like a pretty solid kick. Like, I never see, like, a follow-up shot like that. Yeah, but... At least not to my memory. But to Bliss's defense, when whenever someone's going to go and knock you off the apron like that, when the hell have you ever seen somebody dodge that? You don't often see it. So, so I, I just thought that would be... If that was planned, that's a really elaborate thing to do for a plan. It's almost like Bliss dodged a hit, and then uh, she just decided to lay one in. Which, in, based on old-school rules, Sasha Banks would be justified. Yeah. If, if, if it wasn't planned for her to dodge, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, this this, this, this isn't a Brie Bella, so we, yeah. Stacey says she's seen her do that before, though. So if that sequence has happened before, we can uh, accuse her. But the thing yeah. that kind of makes it interesting is uh, the people who gave this a like, which are uh, are Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. You know, so if for them to give a fan account a like, where the person's basically accusing Sasha of deliberately working stiff, it just kind of almost confirms it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, like, like, what if, reason would Bliss have to bullshit? Man? To like something that's not true, that was put on the internet by a random person. Like, and what then, she and, got to gain from and it, the, And know? then Nia Jax to go behind her and like it also. Because yeah, we all know, like, they're best friends. Like, they're damn near sisters. So, there is something there, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a tension between them, that's for sure. Like, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, if you're listening on demand, don't worry. We got you right here. Yeah. There is the link. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've heard a lot of rumors of there being heat with these guys. You know, there's no question yeah. about that. Oh, for sure. So. All right. Well, we should probably talk a little bit about uh, what happened this past Wednesday, right? The beginning. Oh, yes. The revolution began. The beginning of a new era here with uh, NXT on USA. Yeah. Hashtag they made it. Yeah, they made it through an hour. Let's see how they do with two hours. Well, they, the the second hour was on the uh, you yeah, know. was on the network, and it picked up right with USA hour left off. Yeah, I think they did good as far as the the pacing of the show. Oh, great job! I love Triple H's energy that whole night. Mm-hmm. Most amped. I kind of mean at the end of the day, this was Dusty's dream. And it got passed on and became his dream. So it was the realization of what these guys had worked for since day one. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did really good. I think they're going to be a nice, good fit in there. Yeah. 
everybody, uh, everybody that whole night, you probably know her from the entrances too. There was a whole different energy in that building full sail that night. Yeah, they were pumped because everybody knew how important this night was. Like, no matter what happens from this point on, we made it. Mm-hmm. And that is awesome. All right. Well, let's talk about the card a little bit here. Yeah. Of course, it uh, kicked off with that cool vignette from uh, Triple H, which I kind of like that it was basically filmed backstage and he walked out to the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely awesome job. Like, that was. You could feel like that was like like what Zach was talking about. You could feel that energy from the second he walked out to that curtain. Like, all right, lights are on bright. Let's freaking do this. Mm-hmm. But um, they kicked off the madness with the four way dance winner receiving an NXT Women's Championship match: mm-hmm. Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, Mia Yim, and Candice LeRae. Yes, and uh, this is definitely a match that showed off just how athletic the women of NXT are. I mean, that was a, a match for the ages there. You know, oh, the style that's... looks so much better. Yeah, Candice LeRae, um, the finish of this match wanted to be it after EO tried to go for her moonsault. Uh, Mia Yim pushed her off the top rope, but got dropped by Candice and caught with that. Basically, Candice's variation of a lion salt, which is the most accurate variation of that move I've ever seen her do. Yeah, really, really cool. I like Mia Yim's Tornado DDT on Bel Air as well. Really solid looking stuff there. And we actually get commercial breaks, which is new for uh, NXT. Right? I've got to get used to that being there. Yeah, that was different. I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. And all, all four of these women are fantastic. You guys know me. Again, Candice LeRae, I was a big fan long before she was popular. There's videos on the official Facebook page of me live front row at uh, indie events where Candice LeRae was fighting the Young Bucks and... She was with uh, Joey Ryan and all these other indie guys that are now known names. And I told you guys years ago back then that uh, this was a person who has a lot of potential that's going to go a long way in the future and that I can't wait till you guys see how good she is. Go back to the old episodes where I was saying this stuff before anybody knew who the hell that was. And uh, yeah, she she looked really good in the match. Bianca Belair, I also one of my favorites. Like, you know, she's a monster. Just her her strength, her upper body strength is incredible. Um, like she, she does strength, power, and athleticism better than almost anybody I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. And Io Shirai, that new gimmick suits her really well. I'm glad that she's not just given that typical role. That like all the all the Asian women in WWE right now almost seem like they have the same gimmick, no matter how much they try to just little alterations of it. So I'm glad that this is something completely different. You know, like like she stands out immensely from who she was and honestly the, the the sky pirate thing didn't work as well you know it was like she works as a heel with the with yeah. a lot of her spots so it's like this, this actually looks a lot better for her and um yeah me and yim very interesting uh as well she's she's come a long way my issue with her is a uh, i don't know what the hell's with the uh with the with the street gimmick now you know it's kind of strange yeah it's something it was kind of, it's kind of weird that it just got thrown into there i mean eh, it's it, she's she's working with it well we knew her as princess, but we knew her in Ring of Honor as Princess Mia in the Embassy, and then we knew her in the Dollhouse. You know, it's like how the hell did you go from that to Street? Right. Like, I just wonder, like, has this been something that she's all that's always been a part of her? I mean, and they just now capitalize on it. Like, I don't know why just now start to use it. Like, why not have this been a thing from the day she walked in the door? Yeah, it doesn't not work for her. It's just like I said, it's just yeah. a change for anyone who who knew her before this. You know, yeah, it's just weird. But Candice LeRae does go over making her the number one contender. And then we have a uh, Shayna Baszler and the horsewomen come out afterwards and confront her. 
Yeah, Candace did not back down. No, not of course, of course not. And then we get a um, I don't know what the hell the point of this squash match that we get, but uh, Sean Maluda gets to job out real quick. Every time I see that guy, he's jobbing out. Oh yeah, freaking. <laughs> oh Maluda. Yeah, I mean, I, this, this seemed like more of it's one thing I know they've been doing the past few weeks. Those guys who were in that breakout tournament, since all of them were signed, now it's showing them it's showing a lot of these other guys what they can do but they didn't show anything with that he literally ran into what was the other guy's name uh that was cameron grimes aka trevor lee which wait, it's kind of weird i guess for trevor lee he's had matches and he's the crazy this thing. one since then because you just reminded me what match this was here's the crazy thing it's almost like a clark Kent superman thing for me i didn't realize it was trevor lee until he took that hat off then i was like oh <laughs> oh you're trevor lee it's like the hat the hat disguised it He's been doing well, though. I mean, I love I love his finisher, that leaping double stomp, just a vertical leap and just send somebody to the ground. Yeah. You know, like like I said, though, but wouldn't you have rather seen a match? Yeah. For the first it, it, cause it, this for this to be the first time on USA, definitely, because not everybody has been watching um, since the breakout tournament ended. Yeah. So this kind of squashed him, you know? Yeah. It's just so weird, you know. Do they not? Uh, like the guy? Like he, like, he went down fast for an NXT jobber. Like, <laughs> you don't see that normally. So as, as much as people are saying all the stuff about how uh, it's going to be the same brand that it always is, yeah. Tell me the last time you saw a squash match like that in NXT. I've Where, seen it only maybe only a handful of times. It's been a while for sure, though. Well, okay. Well, in in all of NXT history, what's a shorter squash match than that? If you had to pick one. Oh God. I don't even know if I can think of one shorter. Because there is one Almost around the time. But the crazy part is, it's usually around that frame of time. It's always been like a one-shot kill. It's just been so long since I've seen one. That's something that the main brand would do, man. That's something that they would do is have a have a weird a weird thing like that. Yeah. It's, it's so uncommon for NXT to do that because a lot of the jobbers, and you kind of see it more in um, the second half, a lot of the guys who are kind of like jobbers still put up a fight. Yeah, you and you never see that in Ring of Honor as much as they're down in the dumps right now. When's the last yeah. time you've watched Ring of Honor and uh, they've just had like a jobber match just for the sake of someone hitting a spot and finishing? That di- that discredits everyone when you do that kind of nonsense, you know? Yeah, but I mean, one of the cool things we got uh, even before this, a video package because they're running it back a third time. Keith Lee and Don, Don, um, Dominic Dijak. Donovan Dijak. Dijakovic. Dijakovic. I call him Dijak. I don't feel like I pronounce that long. Yeah, name. Give him back his ring of honor name, Donovan Dijak. I'm never going to get that Dominic the whole Jehovah shit. <laughs> Big man versus, but yeah, this is uh, because they fought, they fought it out maybe a couple of weeks ago on NXT. If you've never seen these two wrestle, do yourself a favor. When they run this back next week, watch it. These men, I, the, are they aware of how big they are? Yeah. And <laughs> because and Ter- at one point in the last match, Keith Lee hit a Spanish fly. Yes, I said a Spanish fly on Dijak. Mm-hmm. But listen, uh, just to address Turbo Munge in the in the chat, he says Jobber's job is to enhance the talent. Yeah, that's why they're called enhancement talent. But how do you enhance the talent if you don't get to showcase your spots? There's a there's a term in the business called quote unquote getting your shit in, right? Who what shit did he get in? You know what I mean? Like you, like you, you can showcase. There's a way to have a jobber match where you don't even have to discredit the jobber. And again, going back to Ring of Honor, I think they do it the best. Even when you see guys that aren't really necessarily credible, quote unquote, enhancement talent, they still wrestle. 
because yeah, the whole point is. you're not going to get any credibility for squashing someone who's not somewhat formidable as you will at least if there's somewhat of a match they don't have to put on broadway or anything but just something formidable that shows us more showcases the talent because that's the point you're supposed to enhance the talent if yeah, you get in like, the ring and do a spot you know he the, you know this wasn't Pete rose he could have done something yeah i mean nxt's always been really good about the guys you see there's a lot of guys out there like raul mendoza is probably one of my favorite ones yes i have a favorite jobber in nxt i know him <laughs> so well because even though he loses all the time the kid is good like, guys aren't supposed to be getting one-shotted like this, even in NXT. Which, yeah. so, yeah, it's just kind of weird that it's like we saw that happen like it did. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But uh, what was the next match after this? The, the yeah. NXT North American title? Yep, Roger Strong and Velveteen Dream finally one-on-one. Yeah, Velveteen Dream. Because I was over man, all of humanity. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And Roderick Strong finally wins, huh? Yeah, after a little bit of assistance from the, um, the Undisputed Era, Cole super-kicking Dream off the top rope after, he's, after he goes for uh, the Purple Rainmaker. Uh, Roderick hits a second end of heartache, and the prophecy is fulfilled because now Undisputed Era has every title in NXT. They run the brand now. They literally, that's what it looks like when a stable takes over a brand. Because you hear all the time, we're going to take over, and they never do. They took over NXT. All of the titles are held <laughs> by the Undisputed Era. If you have to win a title, you're the number one contender to face someone in the Undisputed Era. So, <laughs> exactly. So whoever you face, you have three other guys to worry about at all times, no matter what title it is. That's how a faction is supposed to take over a brand. Because now what do you do? You can't do anything. No matter who you go for, they have backup. So the only thing you can do is make your own stable. So if there's, there's just some smart booking here, maybe there'll be a some sort of a counter stable that's now going to do something against these guys and we'll get some sort of stable warfare here yeah but, and uh, it's really good because this loss didn't if, if anything it made dream look it made dreams championship run look even better because roderick needed help to beat him yeah like squires just said exactly that's horseman status right there exactly so, like that's a, that's a horseman level stable yeah now they just need something on the other side for this and velveteen is interesting to see that of all people uh working i guess you could say as a baby face but it seems to me like ww is leaning more towards shades of gray the way that they yeah. the way that they used to um lean towards shades of gray you know what i mean where it just seems like uh, no one's really a heel or a face they just are who they are and uh, to answer your question uh turbo munch i have heard speculation according to pw insider that the injuries uh could be a work just for the storyline of NXT because there were quite a few injuries that were mentioned. We don't know if they're all official or not. Like Velveteen Dream supposedly was someone who had lumbar pain at the end of it is what they were saying. Um, you know, what's that other guy, Arturo Ruiz? They were saying yeah. that that might be a storyline with the x-rays where Pete Dunn broke his fingers. That sounds like a worked injury in my opinion. Yeah. Like, come on, he did, Pete Dunn did not break the guy's fingers. I mean, because you know? <laughs> it's kind of, kind of what we'll, we'll get into it in an hour or two, but yeah, Pete Dunn... The past few weeks has been basically they've been showcasing that second move, which I want to say a rumor I hear they call it the wishbone now because he pops the fingers in a wishbone motion. Oh, well, they thought about that all by themselves, huh? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, also jo- Joaquin um, Wild had that that orbital bone injury. It they might have just sold it as something that major where it's part of like like I think he actually had stitches, but. There, there's not actually it might not actually be also an orbital bone. Like it sounds more like all of these are just worked injuries that they just put into the storylines. 
Um, but again, we do injuries. As a matter of fact, we have an injury road segment coming up tonight. So we have the confirmed injuries that we'll go over. And if these guys are, if any of that is legit, then next week we'll go over that. You know, because pretty much, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Roderick Strong wins Undisputed Era. And then the next yep. match is Pete Dunne versus Arturo Roos, which we just gave away a couple of the spots, you know, the, the finger snapping and the, the orbital thing and everything. Yeah, Roos gave up, but Roos gave Dunne a fight. Uh, I mean, I didn't Dunne was this. kicking him really hard in his head. There were a lot of nasty kicks during this <laughs> entire thing. Yo, Pete Dunne kicks so hard. Like he, oh my God. It's mm-hmm. so ridiculous how hard this man hits. Yeah. In your opinion, uh, what would you say the best sequences or, or things that you enjoyed about this this uh matchup? Oh man, definitely for one thing, just because I, I love I love it all the time. I love seeing it all the time. I'm always in the chat room saying it, grit your teeth, plant your feet, and just start swinging. That forearm exchange between them was beautiful. I mean the first time Dunn went for that submission and Ruiz countered it, it definitely displayed that this guy wasn't just some average jobber. I mean, just Dunn getting all of his stuff in, stomping his hands, uh, popping his fingers. What is it, that thing where he, like, he bends the hand back, places it on the ground, and steps on his elbow? Like, just yeah, that's everything a, that's these guys cool did, spot. it was really a good exchange. It's pretty much the whole match. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good. Nice, hard-hitting. And of course, Dunn goes over. It's interesting because right now he would be considered a face, right? Yeah, Dunn. Dunn's really ever since he ever since that UK title run got really rolling. He's basically been a face, which is fun to see a face work like that with snapping fingers and stomping yeah. elbows I, and stuff. I think that's why why they like it so much. The crowd loves just the brutality of it. It's just the fact that he's such a smash mouth physical wrestler. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. I mean, you gotta think it's gotta be dangerous having him in nxt now because now even though it is the undisputed era i believe dunn has a victory over all of them so it's gotta be dangerous to know that any one of you four dunn can come for at any time he wants to because if he has a william regal for a title shot regal ain't telling him no (laughs) this is true if if he walks in his in his office this wednesday and says i want adam cole regal's giving him adam cole yeah but it was, a, it was a great display from the bruiser lately. Mm-hmm. And we got the video packet of Dakota Kai once again hyping her return. Yep, she's coming home very soon. Mm-hmm. Next match was Zia Lee uh, against Aaliyah, who was accompanied by Vanessa Bourne. Yeah, bad and bougie, as they call themselves. Yeah, I, you know, Aaliyah, having watched her on, uh, what the hell was that, Breaking Ground was the, the show she was originally on? I think so, yeah, I think that was the one. She was god-awful. Like, she was, like, really, really bad. Like, in-ring, the entrance that she had, the music she had, and then the in-ring work, even her selling. Like, I, like that was one of the most shitty put-together packages, like, I'd seen in a long time. It looked like somebody tried to Xerox copy Mandy Leon, but they ran out of ink. Oh, no. <laughs> so, to see her go from that to, to how she is now, this it's, like, almost like two different people, if you really watch yeah. her in the ring and she, everything. Like, ever she's, since she's they come put a long those two way. together... They've improved so much. That's that to me. And we always talk on here about the difference between them just hijacking people from the indies versus actually using their resources to create developmental talent. That's a pure example of developmental talent. I'm not saying she's great or anything, but when you look at her from the beginning to who she is now and the way she works now, that shows that there is progress in that developmental talent area, you know? Oh, yeah. So, so, uh, I noticed her more than, uh, Jaya Lee just because Jaya Lee to me has always been a little bit botchy. 
And uh, in this match, didn't she fall or something? Yeah, she. I think she meant to jump off out of the middle of the top rope and do like a drop kick or something, and she slipped. Yeah, and all her stuff is a little bit too cliche. Like she just does the cliche Asian stuff, the cliche claps, the cliche missile drop click. You know what I mean? Like everything just to me. Did sure, you say she, missile drop click? Missile, missile drop kick. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sorry, I couldn't ignore. It. Like I heard it. Yeah, but everything to me just uh, it was just generic. You know, it's like there's nothing particularly wrong. I do like her finish that uh, that axe kick that she hits yeah, or whatever that's, that that's is. That's basically hit um went over with that tornado kick, which is different. Never seen a finisher like that, so. Right, right. So, but again, I was looking more to Leah, which I know most people weren't because they weren't showcasing her, obviously, but I liked her selling and her performance in there compared to where she wasn't. Vanessa Bourne's a nice addition to have her in there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll see what they do with Xia Li, but very yeah, good. Yeah, I've been watching Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne on NXT for a while now. They always have this little back and forth thing with Mia Yim every once in a while, but yeah, ever since they put those two together, it's been nothing but good for the both of them. Yeah, good chemistry, uh, and it works good. You know, sometimes that's what you need to do, just pair somebody up and just reboot the character a little bit, and I think that that worked really good. And uh, hopefully they just do more with them. I, they don't just make them into, like, another uh, freaking Iconics or something. Which I like the no, Iconics, no. but just don't have too many characters that are like that. Uh, no, no, no. See, 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 Bad and Bougie's on TV two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So next we had uh, Oni Lorcan against Leo Rush. Leo Rush returns. And this is yeah, actually, well, we did have something a little bit before that. Oh, did we? Yeah, basically what was supposed to be uh, a match with Kushida. Oh, right, right. That It, yeah. w- it was supposed to be Kushida against... Uh, De- Denzel DeJournet. But mm-hmm. we got a surprise exp- um, appearance from, of all people, Imperium. Marcel Bartel, Fabian Eichner, Alexander Wolf, and the UK champion Walter show up. But so first, they basically but, found but Walter a way doesn't to make show it up right away. Like, first, the three of them make, make quick work of this, of this poor guy. Oh, dude, they, they beat that man like he stole something. Yeah, and then Walter pops up at the end after the beating, and uh, he basically cuts a promo. And uh, they say that they're there to restore honor to NXT and the sport of wrestling. And that's when Kushida comes on. He basically says that this was supposed to be his time. So now their time belongs to him. You know, hence you get it. The time splitter gimmick. Yeah. Which, I mean, it definitely sends quite the message that when they say it, NXT, it's not just regular NXT. NXT UK can come to this house, too. Yeah. And Kushida does manage to take out the three of them before Walter gets the upper hand on him a little bit but he does slip out of his jacket to prevent from being attacked and then he escapes down the ramp and uh yeah got some licks on walter too before he left mm-hmm. yeah, well he's kushida if you're gonna book him properly right oh yeah but i mean from what i've heard i think uh yesterday looks like walter has called out the time splitter All right. so, so it looks like we're gonna be getting walter and kushida pretty soon mm-hmm and that brings us to Oni Lorcan with the Leo Rush return for the number one contender for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship, which to me further confirms what we spoke about a few weeks on here in regards to the Cruiserweights and Tool 5 Live all being rolled up into NXT, because why in the world would there be a number one contender match for the Cruiserweight title on NXT and USA unless that's what they were planning on doing? Pretty much. So my theory is that when SmackDown moves to Friday, that's just going to be the end of Tool 5 Live. They'll just quietly phase it out yeah. and by it then everyone put the rolled, cruiserweight title on nxt probably. yeah by then they already have rolled everybody into the into the two-hour brand yeah. you see they already started putting the uk guys in there right because that's what that's yeah. what imperium is exactly so, uh, i mean then again with nxt nxt and nxt uk have always kind of been two halves of the same coin so 
makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just surprising to see the champion of all people show up. Right. But I mean, awesome to see Leo back. He looks good. He looks really good. I love the new attire. Lots of new tattoos. Um, you know, I heard a lot went into bringing him back. This has been planned for a while here. He looks excellent in the ring. He has um, a. You can see early on he was kind of getting back in the groove. But I mean, once he got rolling again, it was the old Leo Rush all over. Yeah, the real Leo Rush from Ring of Honor, not that shitty Leo Rush that came out with Bobby Lashley that we had for a while that didn't make any uh, sense, uh, you know. But yeah, he's doing he's doing really good, and uh, I think he should have been cruiserweight champion a long time ago if it wasn't for whatever drama he had going on with him. You know, his yeah. his uh his suicide dives look really rough too. Those triple suicide dives. Yo, he, he goes you know? so fast. Every one was faster than the last one. Yeah. Really excellent looking. And like Oni was chopping him hard at some points. Yeah. Like Oni hit him with some soul shattering chops. Oh yeah. And um, the finisher he did was basically when um, Lorcan charges at him. And uh, actually, no, wasn't Lorcan going for a blockbuster? And then Rush winds up reversing that into a Spanish fly, like right when he charges him. Yeah. And then he hits him with the he he tops it off with the frog splash. Yeah, no longer the final hour. Now renamed his old name, the Dragon Call. Yeah, look, they're letting him be more like the actual Indy Leo Rush. I told you, man, yeah. that's that's what they needed to do before this craziness started to happen. Yeah, and Leo Rush, what a, what a welcome home. Now he gets Drew Gulag next for the Cruiserweight Championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Leo took an ass kicking. Like Leo's leg got worked over horribly this whole match. Yeah, it really did. But absolutely fantastic. Welcome back. Welcome back, sir. So then we have Matt Riddle against Killian Dane-ish in a street fight. I don't really feel like it was a match. It was only a few minutes left before this thing went off the air. Like Dane and Riddle, they fight each other um, aggressively for like a few minutes um, with Dane, um, with Riddle getting some suplexes in. But it basically bleeds out. Um, over to where the barricades are and they wind up, uh, it turns into kendo sticks. And before you know it, it turns into a gigantic brawl where like all of Imperium come out and they're beating up, uh, Matt Riddle. But then the street prophets come out and Dominic Jehovah Witness comes out with them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the forgotten sons are out there and all they do the whole, as we call it on here, the all the, all the king's horses and all the king's men situation where now you got security trying to do this you know break up all this chaos and uh i believe that was it right they just went off the air hot yeah just went off the air with a little bit of chaos so. yeah not bad so what, what are your thoughts on the first episode of nxt on usa i love it that was um it, it was definitely the right way to open up a new house for people who hadn't seen them before, who got to see them on um, the USA Network, they gave them a lot to work with, for sure. I mean, they had a championship match, a title change, a new number one contender. And then, I mean, with that second half, I love like I love the fluidity between the second half and the first half, how it literally picks up in the middle of Undisputed Era as a celebration. Yeah. And I mean, for Velveteen Dream to lose that championship, that's a big moment to have for the for the USA crowd, because we've seen from watching him on the network and at takeovers ever since he got that title off of Johnny Gargano. Dream's been damn near unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And um, now we'll have to see exactly where where he winds up or what they're going to do with the future. You think there's a rematch for sure in his future for this? 
Oh, for sure. They got to do it again. Cause I mean, this is the only time that they had fought one-on-one and I think somehow they're going to try to work in the situation of what happens if Undisputed Era can't help him. Because I guarantee Dream's going to try to capitalize on that. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, as good as Roddy is, he did need Undisputed Era to get, to get the job done tonight. And apparently he also did need to recreate Shawn Michaels' infamous title pose. That, yeah. Did you notice that? I did. I got that. <laughs> oh, that's... That's that's very uh, that's very HBK of him. Somewhere, some, somewhere, somewhere outside of that frame, Maria and Shafir sitting there like, mm-hmm. that's undisputed, all right? <laughs> right <laughs> now, that's undisputed. <laughs> undisputed. <laughs> oh, no shame, no shame whatsoever. And Turbo said that uh, NXT is too stiff. No. Nah. Uh, no, NXT's just a little snog. That ain't stiff. Oh, he wants to see stiff. Freaking, I'll show you, I'll show you freaking Shibata and Ishii matches. You want to talk about stiff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and even those guys, I mean, they know what they're doing. You know, yeah. it, it ain't ballet, as they say. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, it ain't ballet. Yeah, let's get his naked ass off the screen. What is this crap? Come on. Right. And no, that's not going to be artwork. No. <laughs> oh, hell no. It goes for the <laughs> artwork. But yeah. Great episode. Um, it's just I'm glad everybody definitely did their thing. One of the coolest things, though, it happened as uh, the network half went off the air. Triple H came out, mm-hmm. and, and probably the coolest thing I ever have seen in my life because I've never seen him do this. Literally celebrated with everybody. Yeah, I mean that's something that the Generation X Triple H would do. It's not exactly yeah. something that you would expect for Raw. Uh, you know the uh, what I don't know what the hell we call him. The King of Kings is he even still the King Corporate of Kings? Triple, the King of Suits. King of Suits. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's just, and it was good because it was a real moment. It was literally like Paul Levesque happy that this thing he's watched over for so many years made it, and he just got to have a genuine happy moment. Damn the gimmick, damn everything else. It's literally Triple H coming out there and having fun with all the full sale. Because, like I said, no matter what happens, they made it. Yeah, that was a really fine moment to see from him. And we're going to show it here. Why not, right? Might as well. Hell yeah. say we are NXT. You are part of that. We are all NXT. I promise you every week 
We will give you every bit of passion, blood, sweat, and tears that we have. Everyone back here will give it all to you if you give it all back to us. I am counting on you. There are certain people in life that you want in a foxhole with you. Every single one of you I want in the foxhole with us. Be here every week and let's show the world that we are NXT. Stand on your feet. Show the world who you are. Show the world every Wednesday the brand that you created. Stand up and tell the world that we are NXT. chills watching that shit <laughs> that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah yeah I'm all... it's, always a, it's, always a, it's always good when you could see somebody just be genuinely proud of something yeah, yeah he 100% deserves to be you know I love how like he started to go with the back and he just said no fuck it we celebrate with everybody <laughs> yeah you know tonight we celebrate with you you know and you. they also they also came out with new t-shirts did you hear about those yeah, I think what a hundred and fifty-five wrestlers got new shirts. Got new shirts. No, but they came out with an NXT T-shirt called "Follow That, My Friends." Oh my god! So that might be sending a message to some of their friends. <laughs> <laughs> they also trademarked "Follow That, My Friends," so they that's this creation that they're planning on using that jab a lot against a lot of their <laughs> uh, against a lot of their other people. Couldn't imagine who they're talking about though. Follow what? Yeah, Impact, follow that. Yeah, right, Impact? What are you doing? I actually know I'll do you one better. You hear that ROA? Follow that. Yeah, right. And uh, unfortunately, what we're hearing is that uh, during this event, there was some sort of a problem with the WWE Network, where uh, I guess... Yeah, it, it kind of lagged a couple of times. I'm hearing that some people just weren't even able to log in once it hit that... Once it moved from USA to the NXT Network, they just couldn't log in at all. There were people wow. who, who couldn't log in for until the event was over. Jesus. They said it happened to people on Roku and iOS. You know why that happened to people on iOS? Because they shouldn't be on iOS. Yeah. I'm not just shooting here. They should not be on iOS. What you doing with your life? Get a fire TV stick like a normal person. You know, What's wrong with you? That, that iOS isn't compatible with that much stuff. That's the reason I've always stayed away from Apple stuff. You know, I don't want to get too technical on here, but, uh, Stay away from Apple, you know. Don't do that. There's, there's nothing too technical about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
do you know that iOS isn't actually um, that popular? Like, like they make you think that it's more popular than it is, but it's never even been remotely popular. Not even like. But I mean, literally, I'm talking statistically. They they have you think that freaking iOS is uh the most popular thing, and it isn't. Like the like the the marketing will make you believe that everyone's using it, but they're not. So just to put that into perspective for you, it's probably everybody in that commercial. That's it. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm gonna bring this up for you here. I know we're gonna eat a little bit of time doing this, but I there's this site called Data is Beautiful, and you can Wait. see. Is it, is it what I think it's about to be? What? Is it that thing we watched last night? No, it's nothing. I don't even okay. know what the hell we watched. I don't remember watching anything. No, but um, this this is literally, it just shows you the flow of data. It shows throughout the years how popular or unpopular something was, how many people were actually using it. And I'm not saying that the people on the WWE network didn't have issues, but I'm just saying that the reason for their issues is because of the freaking fact that... uh. It's not a popular thing. So when you don't have something that a lot of people use and you don't have a lot of support. And when I mean it's not popular, I mean like hardly anybody is using iOS as an operating system. Yeah, so I'm going to bring this up here. Give me a minute to find it for you guys. Did you have any problems on the network? No, I mean, I when I use it on my Fire Stick, I mean, a tad bit of like times where you could see a hiccup. Like I think the only time I really saw it was during uh, EO's entrance. I get hiccuped a couple of times. But besides that, nah, it, it was fine on my end. Look at these operating systems here. Okay. Look at that on the top, Windows XP. Okay. There was no such thing as iOS in 2006. This, this is the market share that they have. Windows XP stood on top most of the time. Okay, look, we're going into 2008. Windows XP still on top. Look at how little is that. Look at how little of the market share everyone else has. <laughs> next to Windows. You see that? I wish I could show this into the, uh, the on-demand. I know most of our people are on iTunes and stuff. That's why I said we're fine on my Nokia. Look at the Windows XP <laughs> still on top. And now uh, here comes, what? what's that Windows? I can't even see from here. Try to Not bring this. Sure. Jesus. Right? Look what finally beats Windows XP. Windows 7. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at that. That is... Oh, my God. Look at that, look at that. And iOS just, just yeah, just yeah. This is why they were having problems on iOS. It wasn't, it, that's a good question, Squires. Who still uses Linux? And you see that? Windows 7 is now at the top. And iOS is back there hoping to get the participation trophy. <laughs> oh my God. iOS is still nowhere near used at any given point. You see that? Like I, iOS is that thing you use only when you have to. And even then, you start looking for other options. Like, like, come on, man! Like, what? <laughs> I wish we could read the numbers to these guys on the on the thing. Oh, it'd be great. Have this ass woman have some definition. So that's pretty much the whole video there, so you guys get an idea. But you see what I mean? The iOS was like ten percent. You know, most of the time, most of the life, it was like maybe ten between ten and five percent of the market. Exactly. So that's why so a lot wouldn't. of those things. And Roku, who the fuck's still using a Roku? Roku doesn't even appear on there. Was it even on that list? I don't think it was. It wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't. <laughs> Roku. Good old Roku. I can't but even yeah. say that. My mom has a Roku. I can't say shit. 
But yeah, they they apparently there was some sort of network issues here where they weren't able to connect. And then WWE released a statement saying you may have experienced a technical issue with the WWE network earlier this evening. The matter has been resolved and you can now access the network and watch tonight's episode of NXT on demand. We apologize for any inconvenience. Inconvenience is that they were using iOS. (laughs) (laughs) Don't apologize for them. Tell them to apologize. You use some shit that works. Yeah, I know, right? But as far as ratings go, they did 1,179,000 viewers from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock. So they did really good. They cleaned house. Oh, yeah. Hell of an opening party. This might be a split come the point where AEW comes, but because they have a two-week advantage, who knows? Maybe that might screw AEW over where people aren't going to jump over or not if they're committing to NXT. That was a preemptive strike like we talked about before. But, yeah, it's looking good for them so far. Yeah, Wednesday night's already becoming a already be an even better night for wrestling now. Mm-hmm. And it's only gonna get better because we got another company right over, right around the corner. Exactly. And uh Triple H was on a media call recently, which I'm sure you, you heard about, where uh he's uh talking about Vince McMahon's involvement with the company. And uh we're gonna play that for you guys so you can hear it here and tell me what you think. We're gonna link you to the full conference call. One of the big discussions is how much would Vince McMahon, if at all, have any hand in this show? Did you get any input from him before, during, or immediately after this show? Maybe any any tips, anything of that nature? I I, I received a bunch of text uh, from him throughout the day. Uh, you know, excited and excited to see it, and uh, you know, wishing us luck, especially as they got close. You know, he he was sending me little texts, counting me down. Uh, twenty minutes, you know, um, which I thought was great because uh, uh, you know it, it was just fun. But um, and then he he sent me a few uh, texts during the show. He watched the entire thing. Um, I'm sure he's at the office, probably in a meeting uh, while he was doing it. But um, he enjoyed it. He loved it, and uh, thought talent did a hell of a job. Thought they knocked it out of the park. Um, you know, he he was excited. He sent me a. a a massive congratulations after it was over and was thrilled with the product. You know, um, it's, it's a funny thing because, uh, you know, people don't give him the credit. It's, it, he embraces the difference. He embraces the difference. The products should be different. And he embraces that difference and is, and is all into that difference and, um, can see the difference. And, and, uh, you know, it's like liking different types of music and, and, one thing might be somebody's cup of tea, something else might be the other, but you can appreciate all of it. And I think that's the, you know, the best way of saying it is he, he absolutely appreciates it. Um, and, uh, and thought it was great. So, uh, you know, he sent me a congrats to us, to the crew and to the, to all the talent. Yeah. And he also says that, uh, the one thing that people don't give this man credit for is that none of this would happen without him. The concept, the idea of it being an alternative brand doesn't exist without him. And that's part of what makes it great is his ability to do that and his ability to step away and say that this is what it is. And he's not going to change that because it moves to a different platform and it's successful for a reason. And he wants that reason to continue to grow. And then he said that the truth is that everyone with WWE, 
every, everything with WWE has Vince's fingerprints on it, even NXT, and that he sat under his learning tree for 25 plus years, and a lot of the things that he does were taught directly from Vince, and it definitely has his fingerprints. Everything in the company has his fingerprints, but they're not looking to change NXT. He's looking to he he's not looking to get involved because he has enough of his own stuff going on, and that NXT is going to be what it is, and it, it has always been an alternative, and that it has a much more core base. And for those who are really passionate and really into what they do, as opposed to being a casual fan, those people are really into it. This is the brand for them, and they're going to feel at home. And if anything, they'll just make more of that. So I mean, you're hearing from Triple H himself saying that this guy was a big influence in this. Yeah. So it's like once again, don't just call out all the bad shit on Vince. Like when something works, that's Vince too. Yeah, and then that they even discredited another thing. A lot of people are saying like those people are just like, oh, Vince doesn't watch NXT. He's telling him during the show, it's awesome. Yeah, he's very encouraging to him. So, you know, yeah. I I I always felt it wasn't Vince. Like yeah, Vince screws some things up, but I always felt that it's just the shitty writing. You know, was the one thing that was like the yeah, poison. He, he never gets the credit for the stuff that works. No, never. I think that's bullshit. You know, it's, it's hardly ever Vince. I've told you guys e- everything happened. Everything that happens in that company, no matter whether it's NXT, Raw, SmackDown, or main event, it has to go through him. Mm-hmm. And they are doing changes, though, because apparently they're hiring now for NXT writers. Here is the form for anybody who wants to apply. I don't know any writers. Uh, Good ones, at least. Yeah. <laughs> you just had to turn. You just had to take the fucking handle and turn it, huh? I, I couldn't stop myself. I tried to do it. Uh, you know, it's oh. like, yeah, yeah, I am the one who pulled out the knife, but you just had to fucking turn it. It was just like... <laughs> I was I was almost proud of how elegant it was until you just went in there and turned it into like a fucking slaughterhouse. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're looking for writers, uh, and it basically says your key responsibilities will be to develop clearly defined yet emotionally complex characters for a diverse group of NXT superstars. Script, script, descriptive, thought-provoking, edgy, creative storylines for NXT superstars. Collaborate with a team of road and home-based writers to create compelling stories that capture a global audience fitting multiple demographics. Provide punch-up for specific scripted segments, as well as review the totality of entire episodes for continuity and flow. Incorporate consumer insights and social media to deliver impactful storylines that are consistent with the brand and each talent's skill and history. Qualifications are a minimum of five years professional writing for TV, film, or social media. Professional TV staff experience and drama and comedy, a plus. Writing and directing reality television is a plus. Experience in all aspects of live TV production, a plus. Plugged into pop culture. Work closely and effectively with talent writers, producers, and performance center coaches. Strong understanding of WWE's audience demographic and psychographic A plus but not required. Excellent communication skills and the ability to work in a team environment. BA, BS in film, TV, drama, media studies, communication, or similar field of study or industry experience in lieu of degree. Translation? Better know what the fuck you're talking about. No. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. If I ever meet anybody like that, I'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Send them your way. (laughs) You know, we'll do it right. we do it right now. Five minutes, I come right out for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm. But, yeah, NXT, man. It looks really good. I'm really excited about it. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm so I was so proud of them after that network after the network half ended. Like that's something they've earned. They 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 earned everything they put themselves through that night. Mm-hmm. And like, and the, the the more I thought about it, I'm usually not that big of a fan of like that big huge Pier Six brawl at the end. But I like it in the sense of everybody who didn't have a match that night, they still got to be a part of it. Uh, I would have liked it if it made a little bit more sense. I don't know if it was just me, but it just at a certain point just looked like people just beating each other up. Yeah. yeah. Like at some point it just looked like there were points where it just looks like, why, why'd you just jump in the fight? Like, yeah, you know, I would have preferred if they would have used that to actually have the match with Matt Riddle. Than to um just have it bleed into kill. I get it. Wanted to go off the air hot. It's a good strategy. You know, you want to keep them engaged for the next couple of weeks. But uh, I don't know. It w- it wasn't the worst decision. I was just surprised. Yeah. But again, this goes back to what I'm saying about how on one hand, hand they're saying everything's going to stay the same, and then on the other hand, nothing's staying the same. We had a jobber match that was five seconds long, and at the end there was a bunch of run-ins. Didn't one match end in no contest or something or a DQ or something? Um, I don't know. Nothing. I don't think anything ended in a DQ. Or maybe that was the previous week. I just noticed I'm starting to see more things that you don't normally see uh, in NXT. Yeah. You know, normally we don't even have DQ no contest as an option on the polls because that, that, that never even happens on the takeovers. But now it feels like a company where it is possible for something like that to happen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Like I said, we'll see, though. We'll definitely see exactly what happens. It's going to yeah. be... It's going to be very different when there are two bl- brands on the scene that they have to worry about, you know? Like, oh, right yeah, that changes everything. You know, and that's the reason why they did that preemptive strike. And it might have worked, man. It might work where it might hurt AEW's numbers, you know? Because at the end of the day, now there's this other company here. And, uh, you know, they just have a different perception on uh, on everything going on. I mean, if you're someone who's new to both brands, are you going to uh jump from... NXT after two weeks of committing to it to a new brand, you already have your thing that you're probably going to be watching. Yeah, it, it's really oh man, it's gonna, it's a tough season scenario for people who have never seen either of these two brands. Yeah, like what you, what will you tell someone if someone came to you right now and they said, "Hey, Destin, I have no idea if I should watch NXT on Wednesdays or AEW." Oh, see, here's the weird part about it because this was how I felt because I was one of the people where. When I first discovered TNA, it was when they came to Spike. And I had already been a long-term WWE fan. I've always been the kind of person where it's like, if you know one's coming and then another one's coming later on, wait till that later on, see how you feel, then make a choice. Yeah. Because you don't want to jump the gun, fully commit to NXT, and then you find out that AEW is awesome. Yeah, I don't I don't know what I would tell some. I mean, I'm really digging NXT, especially with the merger of the Cruiserweights and the uh, the UK thing there. Yeah. Having those two, having um the fact that the NXT UK guys can come and go as they please as a whole different environment to it. Yeah, for sure. So, um, like I said, I think that uh, it's I have to see what they're weekly because with NXT, we're used to it being a weekly thing. And that's one thing they have an advantage. They have a head start on it being a weekly thing. They have a head start on it being uh something that uh already has some sort of pattern to it. The people are already used to coming out. They already have their established audience. So, I mean, this is rough, man. As much as AEW has all that cocky confidence and stuff, like this is definitely a rough spot to be in. 
Yeah. You know. Well, Ari does make a good point. In the land of streaming and on demand, you can watch pretty much everything. But that's not what everyone's going to be looking at. They're going to, just like we yeah. were on here talking about how much their ratings were during that first hour, that's what's really going to be what the networks especially are going to be looking at. They don't give a shit if you're watching things on demand. That's great for us. That's not great for them. Whatever one you choose to be to be your on-demand one is the one that gets hurt. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. It, there's so many factors that make it to where this is going to be a wild when this starts up. So many factors that weren't around in the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, and those are the things that you really have to think about. Like, yeah, they're not measuring on demand yet. You know. Yeah. How how long do you think they would wait until that becomes like something they have to kind of gauge as well? I mean, they're, they're like we talked about it last week. They're just now upgrading the Nielsen system to include bars and shit like that. Who knows how long it'll be before it includes the internet and on demand and Hulu and all that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, the, recently, Adam Cole was on Fox News, and uh, they basically he talked a little bit about the Wednesday Night Wars. I wanted you to check this out. Tell me what you think here. Boys and girls, I'm current NXT champion Adam Cole, baby, and you're watching Fox News. For someone who has never watched NXT before, my best description of what it is, it's like a rock concert roller coaster ride. I know for a fact people who have gone to events before or not gone to an NXT event before, they go and they check it out and they go, this is different. I had, i got to go to another one of these. I, uh, the energy, not only from inside the ring, but the fans, it, is just... It's just laggy, Fox. You know, I can even have a good uh, server uh, like I've YouTube. Before, I think the fans are just as much... I mean, he's the same guy who called Nacho, called Rizzo, Nacho Libre. You're going to see some of the hardest hitting, some of the most athletic, most exciting pro wrestling. He's lower quality since it's acting It's funny. a blast. It's a blast. Our home on the WWE Network was great and exciting, but now the chance to move to USA and to have so many more people get to check out the show is really exciting. There's a certain level of, again, nerves that go into knowing that you're going to weekly television live on a network like USA, but there's just as much excitement, if not more. To me, one of the best things about our team, one of the best things about our brand is that we thrive best under pressure. For people who've done it before, haven't done it before, it doesn't matter. We know that we perform our best when we're under a high-pressure situation. So I think it's just going to bring the best out of all of us. So again, now for all these new eyes to get to check us out, we're just going to create so many more fans with NXT. So many more people are going to get to check us out and, in my opinion, see the most exciting brand in sports entertainment. NXT has grown uh, so much. You know, before people had called it a developmental brand. And now, without question, it's the third brand of WWE. And this move to the USA Network is just proof that NXT really is the third brand. You know, some people used to call moving to Raw or SmackDown moving up. And to me, now it's just moving. Some people will move from NXT to Raw or SmackDown. People from Raw or SmackDown may move to NXT. So, yeah, it's a really, really exciting time for WWE, but specifically for NXT. I think in certain scenarios, it's really cool 
to have a guy from NXT show up on Raw or someone from SmackDown go to NXT or vice versa. Uh, but generally speaking, I think it's really important for the brands to kind of differentiate and separate themselves as their own individual shows. Like uh, there are small differences in Raw and SmackDown. There are small differences in SmackDown and NXT. And I think that is part of why these three brands in WWE is so exciting because whatever style of wrestling you're into, whatever type of wrestling you like, you get all of that with WWE now. So I, I, I do think it's important that those brands stay true to who they are and kind of stay separate from the other shows. I can tell you this, and I don't mean to speak for them, but I have a strong feeling this is how they feel. Because I know NXT, we're solely focused on making sure that NXT is the best possible show that we possibly can make it on Wednesday. And that's all we have the energy to focus on. And I'm sure those guys feel the exact same way. So in turn, of course, it's exciting for the wrestling fans. They get to compare. They get to watch both events, uh, which is awesome. But they're focused on making sure their show rules. And I know we're focused on making our show rule. And in turn, again, just really exciting for everybody. Triple H as a leader for NXT has been invaluable. The passion that he has, the love that he has for NXT is contagious. You know, our, our entire roster, a big part of the reason that all of us are so passionate about what the brand is, is because of him. He, he shows up to work every single time at NXT, just, again, focused, uh, so ready to make sure that this show is, is as awesome as it possibly can be. So... I think without Triple H, I don't know that NXT would be what it is today. I think he plays, obviously, an incredibly vital role to the success and the growth of the brand. And really, we couldn't ask for a better leader. Yeah. So, you know, Cole's in a good position. He's not going to complain. Oh, yeah. I mean, how his stable runs the company. <laughs> they out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, but, uh, you know. The good time, and I like the way he said it, like, not putting it as, oh, it's not like, yeah, we got to stick it to him. It's just like, no, we want to make sure ours is the best it can possibly be. Yeah, that's the way you got to do it, you know? <laughs> you know, you don't, like, you, you don't want to waste energy worrying about what somebody else is doing. Just worry about making your stuff the best. Yeah, you got to focus on your own success here. Plus, it'll, it's too easy for them to break this. That's something that they should be very worried about. This is this yeah. is extremely it's an extremely breakable situation. So the slightest thing goes wrong and just London Bridge comes falling down. They could easily just lose that demographic, um, if they worry too much about what the competition's doing. That's one of the things that hurt WCW. They got so focused on spoiling Raw's endings, they fucked up and spoiled the wrong one. <laughs> but it also, by the same token, uh if it wasn't for them worrying what the competition was doing, NXT might not even be on USA two weeks early. Yeah. You know, like that was a direct result of them worrying about what their competition's doing. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's craziness. Oh, this is madness. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Kenny Omega, he spoke a little bit about, uh, I guess he got some heat with the NXT guys. Is that what happened? Yeah, something along the lines of, like, if they were all in the same show, they'd be working dark matches or something like that. Like, pretty much doing the exact opposite of what we just talked about. Yeah, that's kind of harsh. Yeah, it's like, dude, those guys would be right up there with you. Like, call me Tetsuguda. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, let me bring it up. There is there is a clip of it, huh? Yeah, we got a clip of it here. Cool. Kenny Omega is usually pretty uh, respectful of the other brand. Yeah, I don't know what's been up with him lately. Yeah, he's pissed off about something, you know. But um, yeah, I thought it was gonna start to get ugly. You know, I had a feeling that these guys were gonna start throwing mud at each other. You know. But yeah, let's see what the hell is going on here. Oh, they're about to add us, aren't they? Yeah, Sometimes they're about to add us, those motherfuckers. No, none of our guys are enlisting in the army. I was wondering why it was taking so long, too. They try to they try to add bomb you now. That's the new thing. Like, instead of it just being like an ad early on, they try to add bomb you like as you're starting to watch something. We'll get it on. We promise. Scout's honor here. Here we go. Hey, guys, thank you for watching the Slat Rock channel. Wow, you fuckers. This isn't even our video. I guess you just have to take our word for it on this one. Them and their ads have screwed us over entirely. What the hell is Slat Rock? I never heard of that. But uh, what do you think of him calling them developmental talent anyway? That day's long gone. Like, the thing with it, and especially with lately with Omega, how I felt is like, dude, don't take shots just for the sake of taking shots. Because calling guys like Adam Cole, the rest of the Undisputed Era, God, Velveteen Dream, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, calling those guys developmental like, bro, did you forget what that term means? <laughs> but WWE is the ones that are guilty of calling those things developmental. Yeah, but that's just WWE someday just being out their own ass. Like, realistically, anybody outside of that little circle who still thinks of them as that, common sense tells you these guys are going out there and sometimes smashing WWE's pay-per-views. Any wrestler with common sense, and Kenny Omega being a wrestler with common sense, you know... That's beyond developmental at that point. Hey, I fixed it. Here, here's the stupid Kenny Omega thing. Yay! Um, you can call it a war if you want. It's just like, I, to me, it's like we're we're in a different, a complete different kind of business. I mean, what they're doing is different from what we're doing, and it's weird because I mean, like, it's hard to say you're going to war with people that I call my friends and yet we are going to war and yet when I sit back and, and look at the grand picture it's like I'm going to war with these dudes that if we were on the same show together you know the same show in the same promotion let's pretend there were no wars let's pretend there were, there were no promotions let's just pretend there's one big promotion if these guys were on the same show as me They'd be in the dark match. They'd be in the opening match. Or my main event match. You're going to call that a war? You're going to call that competition? Go ahead. I mean, maybe it's fun for you to do. That's cool. But we're, we're in different planets. And you're going to see that right away when you see 10,000 plus arenas sold out. You're going to see smiles on fans' faces. And when you're going to see real stars, not developmental talent, but real stars appearing on your television sets. Everyone. Yeah, I mean, considering one of those guys who came from that so-called developmental place tapped you out and all out. So are we sure about that, Kenny? Like, so uh, your homie over here, Domino's Jehovah Witness. <laughs> uh, I love how that's the one you stuck with. He 
he replied saying, Hey Kenny, remember when my match with Keith Lee embarrassed yours on your PWG homecoming weekend of Bola 2017? Tune in this Wednesday to NXT TV and USA at 8 p.m. so two developmental guys can show a real star how it's done again. Damn. Hmm. I said, Feast your eyes. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. So yeah Which I mean, it. if you haven't seen the clip of it, just so you know, the sight of him hitting that move on Keith Lee is something I'll never unsee. But uh, yeah, he's got, got a point. Like, these are guys you've worked closely with before. Are you sure you want to be taking shots? Yeah, probably not. Like, And he's the only one taking it to this level. Like, that's the part that kind of bothers me. Like, nobody else is just taking these vicious jabs on a consistent basis. Like, yeah. don't piss those guys off to the point where they start showing your matches out, Mr. Omega. <laughs> yeah. It's the last thing you need. Yeah, don't be about that life, homie. Yeah. I mean, like, you can't really say that considering that a former NXT champion just put you to sleep not too long ago. Well, I mean, <laughs> regardless of all that, that's just booking. It's just for me, I just found it surprising that he would. I mean, they are called developmental talent by themselves. You know, self-proclaimed WWE does that. Yeah. You know, so. But it's more almost in a lot, a lot of cases, more just develop them, developing them into their style. Whereas a lot of these guys, especially most of NXT now, has just become a lot of, a lot of established talent. Yeah. There's a few homegrown ones in there, but. For the most part, it's guys we've seen all over the world. Yeah. I mean, it could just be a... I mean, he seems to be going turning into a heel. Maybe he's working there a little bit. It could be. You know, I wouldn't run it past him, you know. But, uh, yeah, they might want to just drop all those labels. They really have to start pushing this like a third brand, you know, if they don't want people to do shit like that. Yeah. But, uh, but Omega responded on this week's mailbag. So let me see what the hell he said. The cast might just answer all your questions. Howdy, folks, it's uh, BTE Mailbag. Oh, and uh, it's become like a weekly fixture to have me on the BTE Mailbag with a new question, brand new question. Let's pop it up on the screen. And I think we've got a doozy, don't we? <laughs> it's okay. <coughs> no question, because I've got to get some off my chest before we get started. Everyone uh, is come, coming at me in all angles, right? And uh, every time I open up my big fat mouth, I get myself in trouble. Maybe, maybe I need a, a, a PR guy. Clearly, I need a, a PR guy. It's too late. Too little, too late, as they say. And uh, where we're at right now, all, all we can do, okay, is all I can do, uh, whether, regardless um, of what I said, whether it was in character or not, I owe each and every one of you fans an apology. Not just the fans, but the wrestlers as well. It was disrespectful, and I absolutely humiliated myself on social media and on platforms around the world. And once you cross a certain line, you know, you, you can't you can't uncross it. I can't right the wrong. All I can do is beg for forgiveness. And I understand if you can't give that to me, but I can just pray to the high heavens that you can see it in your heart. I wish for a brighter future and a happy place. Please accept my apology. This is Kenny Omega, and you have been watching the BTE Mailbag. We'll catch you next week. Thank you so much. We will see you again next week. 
All right, we're good. Huh? Yeah. 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 Good. Hope she said that. That uh, whole thing is a piece. Do you like it? Yeah, it's I think I think they I think they're gonna buy it. That ought to hold those oh, wow. SOPs, right? That ought to hold those SOPs. <laughs> I was thinking. No, no, no. Listen, listen, I was thinking. I was thinking. Okay, maybe if this is gonna be like a formal apology, I should write something down. We've got a PR guy. I could call that. Um, because. Because there's so much damage done. Jesus Christ, TK is fuming. I'm not supposed to say stuff like that. But what, what am I thinking, right? And then I would see so many burner accounts from the wrestlers. And I know it's from the wrestlers because they're even bigger marks than the people that fill the seats. Damn it, just come at, come at me, bro. You think I'm hiding? You think I have fake accounts? What? Do you, what what's the problem? Why? Why? What are you so scared? I'll tell you one guy. Okay, I'm gonna give him a little bit of credit. It is, he's some sort of ROH guy, tall, lanky guy, you know, Donovan, his name starts with a D, I don't, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> They've never said it on TV, so how could you? No, <laughs> it's a, boom, <laughs> boom, You're right. and he's, never, he's not even used, okay, but I can see him, there's Donovan dickhead, right, <laughs> Now Triple H will push me. I'm going to get the TV time now. <laughs> I'm going to stand up for the team. What? God. I, I, I speak a promo in character, okay? What, is he is he mad that I said bad things about John Moxley? No. I, what, do you, how many fans do you think came to me and said, Kenny... They're not cool, bro. You you really want to hurt John Moxley? You're, you're not sympathetic to his injury? How do people do you think fucking said that? No, it's these children. It's these people that barely have a grasp on the English language. And they're tweeting at me saying, no, this, how dare you say that? These guys aren't developmental talent. No, they're, they're, not de they're not developmental. They're, be they're better than you, actually. They did more for the business than you. Okay. In what fucking reality? You know how many match of the year awards I have? You know how many records I fucking, I fucking broke? I shattered and no one's ever gonna re-break them. People in Japan are still trying on a daily basis to be the next Kenny Omega. They're trying, they're trying so hard. Every last word I said, they knew, they could sense it. Right, Nack? Yeah, they can sense it. They they know when I'm in character, but they also know when I'm when I'm dishing it out a little bit. Okay, and so whatever. Jesus Christ! What the yo? <laughs> could we? Come on! Oh shit, man! Sorry. Please. Hey, did you like that oh, video? Wow! Click the screen for more. <laughs> Donovan Dickhead. <laughs> I knew you were gonna come right back to that one too. <laughs> I still like the, I still like the Jehovah Witness though, huh? Donovan Dickhead, man. <laughs> oh, that's something else. Jesus. Yeah, so he was working. That answers your question. You can clearly see that he was working. I, I don't know oh, if the yeah. original thing or if he just spun it to be a work or how it how it worked. <laughs> but it worked. Yeah, exactly. It worked. So, uh. We're hearing Kylie Ray has returned, huh? Yeah, she's back in the ring. She's back in the ring. She asked for her release from AEW, so before the company's even gotten started, they have their first person that asked for a release, which is quite unfortunate. But the the, the reasons why she asked for her release are not 100% clear. We just know that she wanted out of that company, and everyone assumed it was because she was retiring. But, uh... No, clearly she's not retiring because she went back to, uh, what the hell's the name of this company that she's part of now? Um, freelance wrestling is what it's called. 
Freelance wrestling. Yeah, some deep indie promotion, but she went, she returned back to them. Here's actually her intro. Through the asteroid. Yeah. <laughs> but there's been some speculation. I actually saw some of this on the ringside forums here. But there's been some speculation from some people that AEW wasn't paying her what she wanted. Um, there's been speculation that she didn't get along with some of the people there in the locker room. But uh, there was one guy on there that was saying, and this has been going around a few places I've read. Where uh, she quit AEW because of having uh, a transgender person as the women's champion, which is apparently what they're going for. And that person was accused of being homophobic. In case you guys don't know, Nyla Rose is a transgender person. You guys remember Nyla Rose? That's the girl in AEW who's really big. She was like a big, almost uh, Hawaiian-looking awesome Kong. Yeah. Recall her. That is actually a transgender person. So the speculation is that because of that, uh, she didn't feel comfortable about that being the first one's time. Again, this is all speculation. Take it with a grain of salt. But, um, you know, it's being said that, uh, you know, that's the issue. And then there was an argument where one guy was calling them homophobic and, uh, because he shortened the word transgender to tranny. And, uh, how it's inspirational and embracing diversity, letting a 20 odd stone man beat up to seven to eight stone Japanese women. It's abuse. And, you know, just people going back and forth with stuff like that. And he just basically, a good metaphor he puts is that if he was, if he decided he was going to be black and he put a bunch of polish on his face, he'd be racist. And if he was white and he, and if he wanted to be white and he dressed like an Eskimo, he'd be misappropriating someone's identity. Yet, People can hide their peckers, quoting him, and call themselves Mary and wrestle for women's world title. So, uh, you know, this is basically the argument. There's going to be a very interesting dialogue that he used there. And then his, his, his other argument is, why don't you ask the women there instead of just assuming that they're okay and proud that this is happening because they haven't seen a single female who's happy with transgenders winning in their sports, MMA, athletics, weightlifting, or have had problems with this exact same issue and women have left the sport because of it. And uh, it's not a stereotype if you're born a man. In fact, it's a penis. Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, man, if that could only be the episode title. <laughs> and it says, he goes on to say how hormones don't destroy muscle mass, bone density, or testosterone levels to equal to the opposite sex. Just because it oinks like a pig doesn't mean it's not a wild boar wearing lipstick. If anything, this statement isn't homophobic, but rather feminist and empowering to women. <laughs> Oh, the world we live in. So this is the <laughs> shit that's going on on the forums in regards to this. Um, I think that this guy did really well, well worded stuff. You should go on there and look. Um, 
I mean, yeah, man. I, I think I've, I've already beaded that horse with how I feel about all of that stuff. And I'm not saying um, we should ever mock or mistreat people that have mental illnesses, but we should call it what it is, you know. And um, it's not fair either when you have the physical impositions and this kind of shit. You know, they have different body types. I'm not going to ignore people having different body types and being biologically and, you know, just completely different. Biologically and chemically, these people are completely different, males and females. So, I mean, yeah, when you have them competing opposite sports, they're going to, the, the ones that used to be men are going to beat the fuck out of the women, you know? The other thing being, I can't even say the ones that used to be men, because from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know the internet will, but from what I understand, you don't even have to uh, have any type of procedures in order to be a woman, a, a transgender woman playing a sport. So basically, you can have your dick swinging and be doing this. You know what I mean? So that changes nothing about you. So I could be a woman tomorrow and wrestle if I know how to wrestle. You know what I mean? Balls and all. Yeah. <laughs> Write that down. Balls and all. <laughs> you know? That's what they're basically saying. I'm not saying, I, I again, I haven't looked into the details, but it's, to my knowledge, in, in, in most sports, which is the problem, and now this is going into, tra- into wrestling, is they don't have to crotch check you. Which, I mean, if you're going to do this, let's be realistic. There should be some sort of a sensor out there, a jingle ball. Call it what you will, but there should be something that tells you what side of the spectrum oh, that they jingle ball. I'm done. <laughs> there should be something that tells you what hey, side man, of the spectrum they fall. You walk through fences, my crotch high. You walk through jingle jingle. Yep, there's one. Yeah, you know, with a dick dar. There you go. <laughs> but that's what I mean. You know? <laughs> so I feel so bad because I know people in my life are <laughs> But yeah, that's oh. what that's what bothers me is uh that. If you can do it, assuming you can, that sucks to just be able to, oh, I could go play basketball. I'm a woman and you have like a fucking penis and muscles and you're huge and you could jump like over her, you know? And like, I don't think like if she has a problem with it, that's her prerogative. It's like you can't just like shit on her because she has a problem with it. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not assuming that she does. Like right? I said, take it with a grain of salt, but I definitely have a problem with it. I'm, I'll be forthcoming about that shit. There's something unfair about this. You know, and it's a crazy world we live in. I'm, I, again, I'm at a point where I don't care about heat. I have to be honest about things. I strongly believe there's not, there should not be a world where you can have male genitalia and male physique and be a female and compete in female sports or even be able to call yourself a fucking female. I'd make that shit illegal on social media. You'd have to be what your gender is and that's that because it does make a difference. You know, it's just like it, it makes a physical difference in sports. All right. You know. So I understand. Again, I'm not assuming that this was her perspective, but if it is, you know, people shouldn't give her any heat for feeling that way. Like, imagine if you're a female and, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of somebody big, like Shaquille O'Neal just identifies as a woman one day and you have to fight him. It's like that, that blow ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you got to fight this woman that Shaq, the guy who can almost eat the whole pizza in the commercial with one bite. You know, think about that. Hey, you How's that fair? Rugby with him. Who's, who's being a bigger asshole? Me for seeing the elephant in the room literally or them for ignoring it and being like, that's very empowering <laughs> while, this, while this woman's getting her, the shit slapped out of her by Shaq's big black hands because he's female now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. Who's really the asshole here? Me? You can't shoot a free throw, but you can knock your ass out like fuck. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I just love that shit. Fucking Shaq walking. My name's Shaquisha. <laughs> getting out of here with this i i would be the ass i can't believe that we live in where i'm the asshole for feeling bad for this woman who shaq just fucked up while he was wearing a dress 
in my little virtual world here that I'm making for my metaphor. But you know what I mean. Ridiculous. It's all satire. It is. This is all satire. And apparently, as long as, and this goes back to what I'm saying about whenever you admit that you're something, whatever it is, whether you're mentally ill or that you have anxiety or depression or transgender or whatever, which, by the way, it, it's, um, well, whatever. The, the, the point being that, uh, she says something that's pretty fucked up. She got into an argument with someone on, on Twitter. They sent out an animated GIF, I guess, referencing the fact that she's transgender. I don't know what the GIF was. I'm, I wish I knew, actually, because it will probably add some entertainment to this. But her response to the person was, aw, you want attention, hon? What's wrong, baby? Mommy not hug you enough? Did daddy mouth touch you in the no-no place? And really, was, bitch? What? Really, bro? <sighs> <laughs> I tried not to laugh. I did. I <laughs> You know what I mean, though? Like, that's that's more inappropriate than anything that, that we're discussing. Because I'm discussing like, this from an objective perspective in the sense that I truly don't believe it is fair at all for this to happen. Where it's like what she just basically said was deliberately. And that should also offend people who have had some sort of um, wrongdoings to them as, as a child. You know, the fact that this woman made, made like, like even did that. Like, who, who knows how people who've gone through that kind of shit feel? You saying something like that and them reading it could put them back into a bad place if they've actually experienced that. And you threw that shit out there like it was just a random rib. Exactly. But I have like, to, but no I have to be tolerant. But I have to be tolerant of you at the same time because you're courageous enough to be a man who's now identifying as a woman while you can make a child molestation joke. Because you're also exactly. a woman with a great fucking personality, apparently. Like, that makes you just as bad, if not worse. That's the it, pot calling the pet kettle black round and full of smoke. This is going to be a place from now on where we're going to say shit that people elsewhere are too scared to. Because I ain't scared of anything anymore on any level. I'm going to say it how I see it from now on. So yeah. cancel this shit. Hit the unfollow on the iTunes if you don't like it, because I'm really sick of the of the ridiculous hypocrisy in the world with the things like this, you know? Ugh. And the best part about it is gone are the days where it's going to be a half hour argument because nobody gets with the fucking program. It's real simple. We, we might feel differently on certain things, but hey, that's just how it is. We move on. I, I don't we don't always have to agree with what each other says. I mean, at the end of the day. One's going to feel how one wants to feel. One's going to feel how the other one wants to feel. But at the end of the day, we're not going to be doing shit like this motherfucker does. Yeah. Because that makes you worse than anybody who's ever judged you. Because I guess we know you're transgender. You don't know what the fuck that person's gone through. Yeah. And again, it's the competing. And I mean, in wrestling, obviously, it's a work, so it's less harmful. So that's why I would say take that thing about... uh, Kylie Ray leaving with a grain of salt. But in, in sports in general, to me, that's just crazy. Like, I, it makes the whole world feel like it's running on a cheat code, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, officially, let's change the subject because it's all shitty subject. But officially, it's going to be called AEW Dynamite. Boom! I think that's really bad. Yeah. Why is it going to be called AEW Dynamite? They just say Wednesday Night Dynamite, at least when it rhymes, like... Even if they say Tuesday Night Dynamite, it rhymes. But they just call it yeah. AEW Dynamite, right? Right, like, like throw in the day of the week and the night. Like, that, that at least adds some spice to it. But just, just, throw in, just fucking throw in night. So that it'll rhyme with dynamite. <laughs> they don't even need the day of the week. Or or, or, or just have it like you gotta say, say it like the guy off of Good Times. We're gonna AEW Dynamite. <laughs> We're gonna need that. Now, now we need that. Great. 
<laughs> that way every week we're gonna be like time to talk about AEW Dynamite. <laughs> That's the way to do it, man. <laughs> you know what the sad part about this? I heard about that the day the news broke. I had not thought about that till just this moment. Dynamite. Oh god. <laughs> oh perfect. Man. Then they can have like unique names for their pay-per-views, you know? It could be oh, like AEW prevents presents the world don't move to the beat of just <laughs> one drum. AEW moving on up. AEW. <laughs> you take the good, you take the bad. You stupid. <laughs> AEW, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> Just start swinging wild at that point. Oh, God. Oh, man. Stretch it out the movies. Fucking AEW, you're crazy. Let's look at the trailer for the Tuesday night dynamite. Really <laughs> the world. All eyes are on me. That's fine. It's a drive. It's a hunger. It's a want. They saw what wrestling was and realized what it could be. All Elite Wrestling: A New League Rises, October second on TNT. Dynamite, some would say. Oh, I see what you did. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for him, though. For sure. Yeah, pretty much. No matter what the name, I'm excited for Mm hmm. And Cody Rhodes basically said that uh, he put on Twitter, he said, just field testing this with you all. Everybody knows my love for mascots. Would you be interested in a dinosaur mascot who carries around novelty dynamite and throws out fr- free t shirts? I call him Dino Mite. You stupid. <laughs> you know the sad part about this? I wouldn't be against it. I'd so, laugh every time I saw him. So if Cody has his way, you'll have a guy called Dino Mite. That's a big dinosaur. <laughs> as long as he does the, I'm good. Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, just, just a little baby T-Rex on. Just fucking, I don't give a shit. Like, oh, God. I know a lot of people didn't like the name, including myself. You know, not a fan. Can't even pretend to be. It's terrible. Their pay-per-view names are bad, too. You see, what was it last thing? Full Gear? AEW Full yeah. Gear? Yeah. They need to get rid of that person who's labeling shit. I hope it's not one of them. <laughs> you know? What impact guy did you steal for that? Like, stop it. Send his ass back. Yeah, because some of these are weird. You know? It's the kind of strange stuff that you wouldn't expect to see. But check it out. Here is the poster for the AEW Dynamite. I love how we just like completely rebranded the shit like me. That's yeah. pretty cool, right? You know what I think about that picture? That picture is dynamite. <laughs> 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 uh, I was looking for a spot to get into work, but <laughs> dramatic, right? Yeah. It's intense going on here. It's too sexy, my friend. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm trying to bring up, there's a second one. I'm bringing up, I'm also linking you guys in the chat room while it's loading here. I know stuff loads slow sometimes because of the amount of shit that we're doing at once. Y'all only knew. I mean, they do know, they see it. (laughs) (laughs) So you got this one. Can't believe how close it is. Keep the graphic guy and get rid of your your pay-per-view name guy, your pay-per-view and show name guy. Right. uh, That's what they really need to do. We'll do yeah. that, that'll be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Tuesday night dynamite. 
I can't wait for now. I can't wait for like the first time we had to cover it and that shit happens. Mm-hmm. But West Coast, bad news for the West Coast because apparently both NXT and AEW, which is to be expected, are not going to be live because uh, if you're in the Pacific time zone, um, there's a delay. There's always a delay. That's why I'm scared to move there, that and it falling into the ocean. But there's a delay. And, um, you know, so most stuff is that's out there isn't usually live. They'd have to jump on the internet and find like a stream or something if they wanted to watch it live. And they're going to remain with that consistency of just having things on a delay. That's not the worst though, right? Yeah, not terrible. You just kind of have to like, if you can't find like a live stream of it, you just got to kind of avoid spoilers till it shows up on your area. Any heavy botches will have edits. Oh yeah. You know, so, so you won't catch the worst of it. They get like the Hulu version pretty much. Yeah, I think that's all of the AEW. We covered NXT, we covered their paper, we covered AEW as well, right? Anything else um, in the AEW or NXT before we move on? Uh, that's pretty much it. Wednesday night to retain. And they're going to be Dynamite. Oh, yeah. No, you got to do it right. They're going to be Dynamite. Yeah, each time, right? <laughs> My hands are going to hurt by the end of the episode sometimes. I swear to God. I'm going to be on injury roll because I blew out my palms last week. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, let's do the injury roll. Speaking of, look at that. You helped remind me. That's something. That's, uh, <laughs> I never, I never really, be honest, I never really like doing it, but I, I like to keep up with it. It's all depressing yeah. shit. All right. Jeff Hardy's contract has been extended, according to Fightful, by, by at least one more year. Wow. Hmm. They don't fuck around when you when you have to take time off for injury, huh? They'll just yeah, tack another ear on Matt Hardy, on the other hand, when you think about it, he's off of television just because they're not using him, not because he's on injury, so they can't freeze his contract. So as Jeff's contract is extended, Matt's contract is still bleeding down. So they've now created a situation where both Hardys won't be released from WWE at the same time. So make of that what you will. It's gonna be weird. Mm-hmm. Simon Gotch apparently uh, has been working with a bunch of injuries. He said he has a compressed nerve cluster. He has numbness in his hand and arm. Zero grip strength. Huge elbow. Bur- bursitis. Separated shoulder. And this is why he's promoting a match that he's going to be having against Tom Lawler. Like he's sort of boasting about how he's doing this match under this condition. Yeah, there it is on the screen there. I don't know who the hell would want to brag about something like that. He was being held together by bubblegum and paper clips. Like, what the fuck? Bubblegum and hatred. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there's the link to that. Yeah, don't work injured. You know, you're going to shorten your career. Sheesh. And I wonder how much they're paying him for this. There'd be enough. Jesus Christ. You better throw some hot pockets in there, too. My God. Yeah, tell me about it. Well, I linked you guys in the channel, and there it is up on the big screen. So, Chris Jericho, we talked last week about how Brian Nobbs had, I believe it was a really bad knee infection, right? And yep. Jericho donated $1,500. So that Brian Knobs can fix his knee. Oh, Jericho strikes again. <laughs> yes. Jericho has had a history of helping people in need. 
probably longer than anyone else's. And uh, Ringside covers it, talking about how he spent $5,000 for Balls Mahoney's funeral expenses. He spent $2,500 for a fundraiser to set up Tyler Breeze and Kevin Owens for the victims of the Alberta forest fires. $3,000 toward Rico Constantino's medical bills. $2,500 towards Rex King's funeral costs. $2,500 to help with Jerry Lynn paying for the several medical procedures. $2,000 towards the Buffalo Brothers car accident recovery fund. $500 to help a sick cat named Jax. $2,000 to help with former Smoky Mountain Ring announcer Tommy Knowles medical costs. $2,500 to help friend Alexandria Finley beat cancer. $300 out of a $300 goal to help get boots for wrestler Black Dragon Brett Como. $5,000 to help save Kamala's house. And then the $1,500 for super, superstar Billy Graham who's recently come into medical issues. That's all of Jericho's money and costs right there. Which, God bless that guy. It's amazing he can play yeah. such a good heel with such a big heart. Yeah, dude, always help. Didn't he help? Didn't he, didn't he help Perry Saturn when he was going through stuff too? That's true. That's not even mentioned on here. Good, good call. We talked about it on here when Perry Saturn was going through problems and he thought he was going to be homeless. Um, Jericho yeah. answered that call as well. So. Jericho's always been like helping people out if they needed it, and he never asked for anything in return. Yeah, no, he's definitely one hell of a guy. You know, they're lucky to have somebody like that in the WWE. Yeah, now in AEW. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. 1500 for the Superstar Billy Graham was the last thing. And speaking of Superstar Billy Graham, according to his wife, he's in the hospital being treated for congestive heart failure. And they also checked for bl- blood clots in his lungs. And nothing was found right there. He might have had a heart attack. There hasn't been, at least to my last checking, there hasn't been any kind of medical confirmation as to what was wrong with the guy. Yeah, I mean, he was never the nicest guy, but you don't you don't want anything bad to happen to anyone, you know. Nah. You know, he was terrible to Kofi. Wasn't he really mean to Kofi recently? Yeah, talking about Kofi couldn't get over without Roy. So, then. you know, like, now nah, Billy, he he doing it. <laughs> old Spanish women would say that that's God punishing you. I would never say anything like that, though. I'm just telling you what old Spanish women would say. Yeah. Consuelo said, "You got that had that coming. That 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 just got worse and worse as we spoke about it. <laughs> there was no good way out of that. Let's be real. No, no, there wasn't. So Karen Q put up an updated post recently, where she was working out on a stationary bicycle, and this was seven weeks after her surgery." Got that video here. Oh, good for her, right? Yep, getting right back in it. Get right back on that horse or bike. There you go. Kayla Braxton, I don't know how the hell she managed to make it on injuries. But uh, apparently she cut herself with a rusty knife. The fuck? Kayla Braxton, you would think that none of these commentators would make it onto injuries. 
Christ. It was from a non-cooking injury, is all we know. And she drove herself to the uh, ER? Well, non-cooking? What the fuck were you doing? That required you to have a rusty knife. Right. Well, here's the video, I guess. Well, I've been home less than an hour. And, uh... Heading to go get stitches. When I tell you I'm the most accident-prone person on the face of the planet, I ain't joking. Well, I'm there, I might as well get all my shots, though. My flu shot. Maybe I need a tennis shot. Maybe I need a rabies shot. What kind of shots do you need when you get sliced by a rusty knife? Well, I have been homeless. Well, I mean, good luck with that. <laughs> you know, try not to show up on Injury Road again. Right? <laughs> we get to laugh at you for the second time. Like, come on now, get together. So DJZ needs a surgery to repair a broken eye socket that he got in July when he was training. Doctors wanted to wait to see if it healed, but it didn't get better. So he's going to miss a few more weeks as a result. Hacksaw Jim Duggan was also hospitalized. All we know is it's a medical issue, according to PW Insider. Family hasn't disclosed anything. So we don't really know exactly what the hell's going on there. Yeah, weird. Too many. Too, too many today, right? Most of them aren't even on the active roster. Exactly. Get well soon, people. Jesus. Yeah, please, everybody get well. Holy crap. (laughs) Right? Don't know what what to say about that. But, um, usually it's WWE that's best known for having the most injured people, you know? And now it just seems to be global, like, no matter what it is. Yeah. People just getting a little bit too busy. So, uh, we have a bit of an update here on Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, this is some really good news. Some good news on Injury Road. Yeah, right. That's why I saved it for last. I was like, you know what? Yeah. If we're gonna, if we're gonna do something here, it's well, actually, there is a uh, one more that I found out. We can knock it out after this one, though. No, do that one first. As a matter of fact, uh, well, basically, update. It looks like the Celtic Warrior Sheamus is cleared. Well, he's been he's- cleared for a while. They just haven't been wanting to use him for some yeah. reason, right? Yeah, I think I just seen the news maybe yesterday. It's like he's cleared, but it's like it looks like now it's just waiting for something to pop up for him to do but he's basically good to go so I thought he had like a really serious neck issue like similar to something like what Paige has yeah I know that's one of the reasons they put him in the bar was to give him that time but then you know he got that concussion so then that's why he's been gone this whole time but it looks like looks like he's a-okay well that's good yeah you know but yeah, Tommaso Ciampa returned, thankfully. And uh, trying to bring up his damn interview here. If 
I know he did one, right? Yeah. Bingo falls to WrestleMania weekend. Okay, this and is with Izzy. USA Network. What does it mean for your journey in NXT? I got to lead NXT from bingo halls to takeovers to USA Network. Right? Not see them, lead them. Yes. Right? Yes. Follow the lead. It's big. And uh, there's a lot of rumors and speculation about what my role is going to be. Breaking news on the Izzy show here, right? <laughs> yes. I've been told I will be coming back to a wrestling ring. I've been told I will eventually be able to wrestle again. And the sad part is, no, I'm not cleared yet, guys. I mean, it just is what it is. So, I will be there September 18th. I will be there the 25th. I'll be there every time going forward. I just won't be out in front of the crowd until this allows me to do um, Promise to, to mama at home. <laughs> that this time we're going to take our time. So I'm excited for it. Uh, I'd be a little more excited if I could take part in it, but yeah. we'll get there soon. Yeah, well, congratulations on being part of this journey, and I think everyone out there in the NXT universe is really excited to see you back in the ring. Also for you, to bring Goldie back home. You need Goldie. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, is he making the rounds? <laughs> huh. He sounds a lot further off from being cleared than I originally thought. Yeah, it sounds like he's definitely still got a road to go, but at least now there's no more uncertainty. He knows he's going to be back. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, hey, I take that. (laughs) I take at least knowing that he's coming back rather than being so unsure. It's, it sounds like more now he's just a little impatient on waiting to hear like, hey, you can come back on this day. It doesn't sound like it's days, though. Yeah, it sounds like, like it's going to be a while. I mean, next stuff is pretty serious. I was surprised to hear he was on his way quick when, uh, when we first heard it. So hopefully that works out, you know. Yeah, we miss you, Blackheart. Mm-hmm. So Starcade is coming back. Remember Starcade? Yeah, I remember all 72 and a half of them. <laughs> they come around that frequently, shit. Yeah, so Starcade, good old, the traditional, something that not even WWE started. It's going to be um, on the WWE Network. It's just going to be a one-hour special, though. Like, it's not going to actually be. Um, I mean, I hate that something as big as Starcade. That was like WCW's freaking WrestleMania. It's just being used as something like that. You know? Seems to be like that's what they do with a lot of WCW stuff. They just make it like a little one-off thing. Mm-hmm. That's certainly what they're doing here. But it is returning. Hopefully, it'll be a worthy hour. We've seen that they can do a lot with an hour when they want to. You know? Yeah, very true. We're hearing rumors that after the split, the Raw announced team is going to be Vic Joseph and Dio Madden. So that is weird. <laughs> you know, there's nobody with any experience out there. I mean, except Vic. Vic's called. It's been on almost every show. It's on one point or the other. Mm-hmm. Like Vic Joseph is going to be the Michael Cole of that team. <laughs> the most experienced one by a long shot. Yeah. They're also going to be bringing Pyro back weekly. Pyro's coming back. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. So get ready for good old Pyro. I'm going to be excited when he hits 8 o'clock and Raw goes on the air now. Yeah, I had a feeling that they were eventually going to have to give in and give us pyro. Like, what the hell, you know? Like, you yeah, make it they were seem gonna, like, they were they need to do it at this point. They make it seem like they're cheap when they can't afford pyro. The pyro still goes off in the game. It's just like, why would you not have it there? Like, 
Yeah. No, I guess I might learn, learn when I do stuff like that. So what the hell happened with Dolph Ziggler and uh and Goldberg here? They uh, met. They, they got in some altercation somewhere. Like. Yeah, here it is on the screen here. Yeah, yeah. Do something. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Do something. What happened, Bill? <laughs> that was it. It's what is is it work? What are they going to continue a feud with Dolph Ziggler and Goldberg? Oh God, who knows? I would assume that that was a work. You know, I'd like to hope so. Like a- Goldberg was quoted saying, "What happens in Vegas obviously doesn't stay in Vegas. My usual stop at." I don't know where this place is to see Richard Wilk and Royale Sama came with an unexpected surprise. Looks like Heel Ziggler and I still don't see eye to eye. Fortunately for him, I, I still wasn't hungry. And UFC's Ari, Ari Candace was there to help him get away. And the Ziggler tweets, dipshit took a break from ruining wrestling to ruin my night off. I'm not interested. Get a hobby or go fishing or something. Maybe you can do that without getting hurt. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh no! Uh, here we go. <laughs> Thanks for the follow in indoor agent five four eleven. Oh, wow. And he said maybe you can do that without getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, harsh. I doubt harsh it, stuff. but I mean, huh? yeah, no, I don't know what the hell why that's even news. Honestly, the one cool thing, and I hate to give credit, but Matt Riddle he said to Goldberg, "Why didn't you try this with me? I would have had an even better story for watch along." <laughs> okay. That one was funny, right? <laughs> that is pretty fucking funny, and he would have had a better story. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst thing that happened to him was he looked at him and said, "Yo, call me bro," and they called him bro again. So it's like, what you doing first? That and then I love how it only took one guy to hold him back. Yeah, right. Go like, 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 what happened, people. Goldberg? Like, what? The fuck? That's his weakness: lockers and guys. <laughs> <laughs> Shittiest supervillain ever. Oh man! And you know what the sad part about it is it wouldn't even put put it past me to figure out that like Goldberg really doesn't like him because it seems like Goldberg doesn't like anybody who doesn't want to believe the hype, the hype that died back in fucking WCW. Because it's like we know Ziggler's not gonna sit here and treat him like some god like everybody else does. Yeah, I don't know. I hope that that was just them screwing around and it's not gonna lead to. I don't need Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg too. Right? I don't need Goldberg versus anybody. Anything like it's just. Don't give me a reason to get this fucker back in the ring again, right? <laughs> Even though eventually it'll probably be Matt Riddle. Oh, my God. And then I don't know who I'm going to cheer for. I'll cheer for the one who's here every week. I guess at that point, <laughs> y'all have to cheer for Matt Riddle, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, like say what, I, I say what we all want about Riddle. At least Riddle's here all the time. And not just when I think when some kid wants to see him be a superhero and shit. No, I said watch along. Yeah, I, I like those little watch along things. Yeah, like, I, I don't need to watch them watch the pay-per-view. Like, I'm watching the pay-per-view by fucking self. Like, what do you, you think I'm going to have YouTube pulled up on the PC and the network on it? No. Rogan it's does them, sh- too. Like, he does watch-alongs for the UFC pay-per-views. Like, he'll have a YouTube thing where you can watch along while the pay-per-view is going. But uh, for some reason, that just seems cooler. Probably because you don't know what to expect in the UFC events. And it's just funny. And it's funny watching Rogan react to stuff. Yeah, <laughs> they said, what ride along would Riddle be on? Didn't he say no one would give him a ride? <laughs> They'd have to make a new spin of WWE Ride Alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. WWE Ride. WWE Ride Along. And just for the hell of it, here's our Kathy Kelly, I guess, throwing Heath Slater into a wall of Skittles. You want me to go through a wall? 
And this is Derek and Watch Along, of course. Happy, I like where the heads at. Okay. Hey, come on, we're gonna practice a little bit. Yeah, let's oh, we're go. We're gonna practice. Okay. Walk through. I'm gonna practice. I think there's only one shot. Okay. Yeah, so you got to get in my wrist, buddy. Pat Buck's the producer assigned to this segment, so it's okay. What am I doing? You got my phone. I'm not saying you got my wrist. Okay. Don't abandon the knee. Don't abandon the knee. It happened just yet. Yeah. We'll practice the first. It's not. I feel like it should happen just yet. It won't. Let me tell you. Okay. It's like this. Yep. You go down, over. No, no, you're this way. Bro, oh, this way. Bro, oh, oh, this way. Bro, watch out, little baby! Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Kathy, what did you do? That's going through some skittles, baby. I No, I'm not, my back that's what going through Skittles is like for anyone who was curious. See, that's what you have to look forward to if you uh, if you look at these uh, watch-alongs. You see Heath Gray get thrown through Skittles, which is the most he's done in months. Yeah, right? He... <laughs> that's messed up. When you, when you really think about it, when it comes to people watching him, that's the most relevant thing he's done in a long time. This kid throws through some fucking Skittles. If we didn't briefly bring up watch-along, we, they would have even known on here. No, nobody knows because I yeah. That was just a clean as hell segue, completely, <laughs> co- completely by accident. I was just in front of it, like you know what, this this works. You bumped the hell out of them skittles, though. This works for all of us. Hashtag skittle bump. Taste the bump. Yeah. All right. I guess. Uh, what what time is it? We still have a little bit of time. Let's try to get a few more stories out before we try to get this raw stuff out of the way. The raw oh, recap. God. Well, we roll into a teeny bit of 2K20 news from what we've seen so far. Okay, uh, one's a rumor. One's kind of like a little what called potential leak. Another one, new confirmation. First thing, um, due to um, one of the screenshots shown, 205 Lies, Humberto Carrillo has been confirmed for the game. So Humberto makes his 2K20 debut. Yeah, success but, has come fast for that guy, huh? Oh, dude, the guy's been fantastic. He He so deserves it. Like, if you ever get a chance to find his model, he actually looks really good. But um, one of the other things involves 2K Originals because a little rumor going on right now. One of the uh, three extra packs that's going to come out after Bump in the Night, if it's true, it's going to be a big deal because we could be getting the Southpaw Regional Wrestlers pack. Interesting. So we could actually get the characters from that network series in the game. Pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, it's um, it's exciting. I know a lot of people have been complaining about the whole thing, like, oh, where's the roster reveal? Where's all the other confirmation on superstars? The one thing about it, and I think a lot of people are forgetting, when it comes to 2K, this is the busiest year they've had in a long time. Usually they only have the NBA and the WWE game to worry about, which, I mean, in reality, that means they only actually have one game to worry about because I might get a little bit of heat amongst NBA fans. Those games hardly ever change. It's just a few new people, a new guy on the cover, and a new career. That's it. A whole WWE, bunch of microtransactions. They couldn't give away NBA 2K19 for three ninety nine on sale this past year. Yeah, like the games hardly ever change. So more of their focus is able to go into the wrestling game. 
But we have to remember, this is what the first year that they had another game to worry about since 2K's taken over WWE, and that was Borderlands. So the fact that they had, obviously Borderlands is going to be the bigger title. 2K's had three games now that's coming out this year. So you can't cut, you, I, I can almost, I wouldn't even necessarily call it giving them a pass, but I can understand why we haven't seen as much as we usually do around this time because they just had a massive game just come out makes sense yeah it kind of makes sense in that case because i mean we've with some from if anybody's been watching our streams which if you haven't fixed your life um <laughs> you've seen borderlands is absolutely colossal there's so much to do in this game and there's so much to this game and this is the first time a borderlands has come out in a long time long before 2k took over wwe yeah, and luckily they were they were very good at uh, that last game. It's it's a little chaotic and different from the older Borderlands game, but we're having a lot of fun, you know. Yeah. So yeah, when it comes to like stuff like roster reveals, all kinds of other information, I can understand why it hasn't been coming out like it has been. This is the most. This is the first time they've actually been able to put all their focus towards two K. So it's understandable. Yeah. Very cool. I just thought this was funny, but Becky Lynch put out this this picture. Have you seen this? Or this little oh, video. God, oh, what is about to pop up on the screen? I'm scared. Oh. <laughs> oh. So for anyone that has audio only, it's uh, it's when Sasha Banks was on the floor all by the concessions and Becky Lynch just dumped mustard all over her back and Becky Lynch put Snoop hot dog. Oh, that is fucked. <laughs> she turned her into a Snoop hot dog. Oh my god! Could that be the artwork? <laughs> New pot dog knock is from last week. It's, it's oh, last week's raw, isn't it? No, no, no this was the pay per view. All oh, right, that was a pay per view. Yeah, this was class. This was this was that, this was that ass whooping. Turns her into Snoop Hot Dog. Jesus Christ! For nobody who gets the joke, Sasha Banks' cousin is Snoop Dogg. Yeah, pretty much. That is fucked. Once you said Becky Lynch posted something, I immediately got scared because I was like, they don't, Twitter don't try to tell her to do nothing. Yeah, nah, Twitter. She does whatever she wants on Twitter. Wendy's would not come for her on Twitter. Yeah, nah, she's savage. One of the most savage people in this entire thing. (laughs) So, uh, Jericho was on America's Got Talent recently. Um, I forgot that show was still a thing. Outside of the fail videos on YouTube, I forget that show exists. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. If it wasn't for Jericho being on it, I wouldn't even be talking about it. Like, I have no idea even how it works. But um, It's just another version of, like, American Idol. The hell would Jericho be doing on there? Fuck if I know. They said that <laughs> uh, he was Ryan Niemiller's uh, pick. The fuck? Ryan Niemiller is some sort of a comedian. Is that how uh, it works? I, 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 I have no clue what I'm about to see right now, like I... Yeah, I guess not. I wasn't even, I was reluctant to even play it, but like, yeah, I guess here we go. I fell in love with it about age 11. You know, it's like live action superheroes. You could be whoever you wanted. I picture myself in the ring. I'm, I'm lifting 300 pound guys up, slamming them to the ground, and there's no bigger drama than that. It wasn't gonna be like, oh, here's a poor handicapped guy. It's like, no, he's a badass. He's gonna, he's gonna take care of business. It, they turn their back on the cripple threat. I'm gonna knock him out. That's just all there is to it. Chris 
Jericho is my all-time favorite wrestler. And he hit me up on Twitter. He said he was a fan of me, which was amazing, because I'm a huge fan of him. <laughs> What's up? How are you? He said he's going to show me a couple things. So this is, this is going to be fun. Congratulations. Thank you so much. This is a very cool moment for me. It's because I wanted to be a wrestler. Mm. Like, that always kind of felt like an underdog. Right, you know, right. That's why I kind of came up with this crippled threat. People underestimating, you know, pushing me around a little bit. But you don't turn your back on the crippled threat. That's kind of what I'm getting at. That's you know? the catchphrase. So, I'll try and teach you some tricks. That, was, that is exactly what I'm looking for. Um, spread this here. Just, just get in. And, so. Okay, so I go, I go like here. I want you to talk to a legit pro wrestler. Why, like right to his face? Right to his like face. Right to his fa look, don't look at me. Are you sure? Are look you at him. Your beard could use some work. Have you seen, have you seen your beard? Yeah. It's not a real person. Okay. Show him what you got. Tell him what you got. You're a dummy. Right now, you're a dummy. Because you're really starting to bother me. The cripple threat's getting a little tired of your sass. Sass? Sass, yeah. I mean, if it's... You can't say sass. I'm going to give this, this guy a modification that's going to make you feel something. That's well, Simon, ah, Simon Cowell's face. That's right, it's Simon Cowell, the most intimidating judge on TV. But I, I need him to be on my side. Don't worry about him. He's not even from this country. Hey, Simon Cowell, I don't like your hair. You got big ears, <laughs> and English accents are stupid because they're hard <laughs> to understand. Something like that. I'm starting to lose a lot of sleep because you got to prepare to impress you up on that stage and you don't know how hard that is. And you're always wearing white shirts. Even I figured out a button, Simon. And you don't know what ramen noodles are? Who doesn't know what ramen noodles are? Oh, everything's in my hands? Well, your face is about to be in my hands when I rip it off. <laughs> yes! Exactly oh, what Jesus. I'm looking for. I'm a badass. <laughs> he really doesn't know what ramen noodles are? Cripple threat. You have done everything that I asked you to do. You ticked off all the boxes. You said I might get to, to wrestle. Takes years of I mean, training. I, th I think I'm pretty ready for it, though. Like, well, this is serious stuff. You could get really hurt. Well, no, no I, I, th okay, I think I got... Okay. Come on, I think, come I think I've so, gotten... I think I've gotten the point. If you want to see the rest, I already linked you to the chat room. The cripple threat. Let's uh, just... I know how Mark goes too bad. Okay, call the show just, the cripple threat. Just let it... Let it be. You know what I mean? Like, just we just have to let it be. I'm gonna see that shit in my nightmares. What you mean, let it be? <laughs> <laughs> I know the stage here because a nice guy, but damn it, man, there's a line. <laughs> they said arm bar, and I immediately thought to myself, no, no bar. <laughs> back from the back from his moves, his, his list of thousand moves. Number one, arm bar. <laughs> Number two, arm drag. What the fuck did I just watch? I don't know. I don't, I don't, unfortunately, I no longer have the time for, to do much more than experience it in real time. What you saw, I didn't even know that was going to happen. You know, it's sometimes, honestly, it is the ironic part is that it's the best when we experience it in real time. Cause you, you get that raw reaction. I just wasn't ready for the cripple. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Mandy Rose made the cover of Maxim Australia. Yeah, I saw. Congratulations, Mandy. 
We also have some pictures on the inside that are pretty good, but yeah, holy crap. That girl is jacked. Like, she is in fantastic shape. See, that is a healthy body right there, boy. She ain't got that Bailey ass, but I mean. Huh? Yeah, she can't have, well, she can't have that. I mean, that's legendary stuff right there. <laughs> they tell you about Bailey's ass in the stories. The great curbs on her. You could tell she just takes good care of herself, man. It's incredible. One of the healthiest yeah. women that they have in that damn roster. Girl looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. And she can sure. wrestle too on top of that. That's the best part. Yeah, she's pretty good. Pretty tough. Tomboyish. How cool is that? Yeah. The girl beautiful with a bicycle knee from hell. Like it's <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely cool. All right. Well, I guess we should talk about the weeklies a little bit before we wrap up here, right? Time for the weeklies. Time for the weeklies. All right. Well, SmackDown. I don't even remember shit about it. I just know what happened. Uh, um, it was it, it was all over the place. Yeah. Anything relevant? Uh, geez, it was pretty good six-man tag between New Day, Orton, and The Revival. Yes, yes. I do remember that. That was pretty cool. Um, One thing I do recall about that that kind of annoys me is what's up with Orton? Did Orton always do chops like that? I don't remember him being a chop guy. I, I've never seen Orton do chops. Like, it seems like recently he's all about the chops. And I'm like, really, Randy Orton? He used to be, like, all about the EU uppercuts and the strikes and stuff. He was more of a brawling it, style. Like, chops don't look good on a guy like that. It's weird seeing him do chops after all these years. Like, I, I don't get it. Yeah, no, I thought that was kind of strange. Aside from that, I didn't mind the match. I think that both teams have great chemistry and everything. You know? Yeah, and of course, New Day going over after uh, Kofi hits the Trouble in Paradise on Dawson. So, mm-hmm. And then uh, during the celebration, we get a big surprise because you get Brock, 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 <laughs> Brock, Brock, Brock. You know, he shows I up. Can't and, uh, you kept going. <laughs> I couldn't help it. But yeah, so Brock Lesnar shows up and he basically, Paul Heyman's the advocate and he challenges Kofi, who sends his fellow New Day brethren out of the ring. And, um, you know, he basically says that, uh, he said he was going to be a fighting champion. So he accepts this challenge and then Brock hits him with the surprise shake hand F5. You know, that one that he likes to do sometimes. That one you that know, somehow people always fall for. Even though Kofi didn't even go for the hand, he didn't wait for the hand. He just went straight into the F5, and then he winds up taking him out. He gave him, like, the forceful, like, handshake when you grab somebody's wrist, pull it into position, and shake it. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston. The rematch from Japan, because let's not forget they fought before when they had the Japanese pay-per-view. The main event yeah. was Kofi Kingston versus Brock Lesnar. That was before Kofi was main event status, so this time... Yeah, actually, that one, um, I think that was before the main event, because that was uh, Owens and Balor main event of that one, because that was the night Balor won the NXT title. Right, right. Yeah, that was when freaking Kofi got ran through. <laughs> Michael Cole had a backstage interview with Rowan where he uh, just basically talked about how he was superior um, to people like Danny Bryan and uh, and uh, just that he's a leader and things of that nature. Just being mean, talking about intellectuals and stuff of that nature. We get Mustafa Ali, or Ali as he's called now, against against Nakamura. Actually, never even happened though. <laughs> yeah, basically he winds up destroying Ali before he gets there. And uh, he hits him with a Kinshasa and just basically takes him out. Yeah, but the chaos didn't end there because had a surprise appearance from Canada's favorite son, Kevin Owens. Yeah, and he was seated in the crowd. And uh, basically at the same time, this is going on Shane McMahon's backstage and he gets served. And when he gets served, he comes marching to the ring and he basically says that he got served like the biggest, uh, 
lawsuit, the biggest wrongful termination lawsuit in WWE history because it was $25 million. And uh, Owens gets in the ring and he basically talks about how the reason he was suspended in the first place was because he put his hands on an official. But last week, Shane McMahon did just that. In fact, when he attacked Owens, putting his hands on an official. And he said he was going to hit Shane where it hurts the most, his wallet and his pride. And uh, then he just left through the crowd. Yeah, dipped out. Mm-hmm. And basically made it clear that if he wins this case, he'll be able to come back and, in a sense, fire Shane himself. Yeah, and he'll be able to say, Shane, you're fired. So we'll see how that turns out. So then after yeah. that, Charlotte fights Sasha Banks. And uh, basically, this turns into a bit of chaos, thanks to Bailey being at ringside. And... uh it causes them to try to play the numbers game, but then surprise, surprise, after the ref winds up calling for the bell, thanks to Bailey jumping in, Carmella does a run in, and she winds up taking out uh, Sasha Banks with a super kick. And, super uh, kick twice. Yeah, and then she did a backstage thing where she explained that she just didn't think that it was right to be outnumbered, and they sort of brought up the fact that her and Bailey used to be old best friends before Bailey and Sasha became friends. Which, if you follow the NXT stuff, you you know about that. Yeah, those two are always really close. Yeah, we get the King Baron coronation where he comes out and decides for some reason he wants to make fun of Chad Gable. And then uh, that causes Gable to finally attack him and then he destroys the throne and then he stomps on the crown. And he breaks the scepter, which goes flying into the crowd. And uh, the crowd's very happy that this happens. Uh, we get heavy machinery against the B team when obviously heavy machinery going over with the Caterpillar and the Compactor. Uh, Daniel Bryan comes out and he shoots a promo, which is interesting because it's not really a babyface promo. It's like I said about them doing Shades of Grey. He's still somewhat heel-ish, but face by default because he's dealing with Rowan. And, it uh, seems like it's almost going in the way of it's a heel or a face promo depending on who the target is. Yeah, which isn't bad. He winds yeah. up getting jumped when he's talking to Rowan about how the thing that bothered him most was that they abandoned his friendship. He winds up getting jumped, which uh, is a damn shame. And because uh, Harper's there behind him and the two of them wind up stomping him out. But then it looks like Roman Reigns does the run in, you know, but then uh, they wind up taking him out, too. You know, and Daniel Bryan winds up getting crucifixed. Uh, well, actually, he winds up going through the announce table and Roman Reigns gets hit with that corner crucifix spot. Yeah. So, uh, they actually wind up t- yeah, they want to put Bryan through the table with uh, that old, um, I believe, the, I believe when they were the Bludgeon Brothers, it was called the Reckoning. One thing that I like, and I, I like the little bit of realism that's being peppered into uh, SmackDown. I thought this was a really good SmackDown. Like, for starters, like we talked about, no one was really face or heel. Everyone was just people. And uh, the other thing, and this has always annoyed me about wrestling, um, whenever someone's about to be taken out with a move or something and they hear the music of the run-in, everyone freezes in place and turns and looks at the Oh, rap, like, I know what you're getting at. And I couldn't help but notice Rowan, which this added, this gave me points for him as a heel. Roman's music hits and he's like, fuck it, let me hit this guy with the claw real quick before, <laughs> before Roman, before Roman gives up, cause you're a theater, but you see Roman go boom, it's like, I'm gonna get oh, my shit dude. in anyway. <laughs> that was the best thing, because when you see them doing that, it's like, yo, you had like a few seconds. Roman said, well, he still gotta run here. He fucking hit him. I've never seen that before, man. Like the fact that he didn't care, I'm gonna get him anyway. By the time he gets down, he's already beat oh. <laughs> Yo, I saw it. I started dying. That's such a, and I love how like, the camera angle was so perfect where you could still see it happen. 
Yeah, it's it's cool, man. You could see differences in this show. I'm having fun watching these shows again. Yeah. You know? Not everything's great, but because it's fun, it's all right again, which is what wrestling's supposed to be. It's not all supposed to be great, but the whole thing's supposed to be fun. And SmackDown definitely has managed to retain that, even through all the drafts and shuffles and superstar shakeups that they put it through. Somehow it, that show holds it down. It's so funny because when he did that, I instantly thought of a situation where it's like if we're playing something like Gears and a Logos goes down and you kill his buddy right before he gets to him. <laughs> Roman couldn't get the revive. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. All right. Lastly, Raw, because we're done with SmackDown, right? Yeah. That was pretty much how they closed out. Yeah. So lastly, Raw, um, it opens with even the opening signature being messed up by The Fiend, which I thought was really interesting because last week it went off with The Fiend ending it. And this week it starts with even the signature being messed up by The Fiend starting it. Uh, Braun Strowman winds up having a face-off with Seth Rollins in the ring, um, which leads to them setting up a match for later on in the night, essentially the main event. But the main first match is the OC versus the Viking Raiders with the OC having new music, some sort of death metal. You heard that? Yeah, it was it was something different. Yeah, I like the way they came out and the way it looked and everything. It made it, it confirms that they're serious about this OC thing continuing because it was completely different vibe from the way they usually are, and it just felt more invested. Like when I heard the music hit, it was like, "Who the hell's coming out?" And they showed up together. And I thought, "Yeah, that that's suitable." You know, they're trying to make the actual Bullet Club now is what I get. So really cool with the new music for them. I don't know if I have a link. Unfortunately, we're in a rush to get out of here, so maybe next time. You know, um, the Raiders wind up going over with the pop-up, uh, body slam on Anderson and, uh, also to suicide dive, uh, Gallows out of the way to stop him from making the save. So I thought it was really well done. Uh, very cool. Becky Lynch has an interview with Michael Cole. Um, uh, you know, your typical interview, but the one thing that I like because Becky is great with words, as we already know, and this was very subtle and there wasn't really a reaction to it, but I love when she talks about how the reason why she's having this uh, Hell in a Cell match isn't to keep Bailey out of the ring, out of the cell, but to keep Sasha in it. And then she said, you see, Michael, the way she ran up that ran up the ramp last time. And she goes, that's vintage, vintage Sasha Banks, which is funny (laughs) because she said to Michael Cole that that's vintage (laughs) Sasha Banks. When you when you just let that girl go, she cuts the most amazing promos. Don't give her a directive. Just tell her where to go and let her go. Yeah. So strong start to the opening of Raw with the entire, uh, you know, like the Braun Strowman Rollins, which leads to the match and the OC with their new music again, very physical match with the Viking yeah. Raiders, and then Becky Lynch's interview. So so far so good. And then even start- like subtly with the Fiend making his presence known without making his presence known. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, then we had like a couple of road bumps, in my opinion. First road bump of the night, unfortunately, EC3 versus Rusev. And this is the because E3 did do it on TV for one thing. This is the reason why I take everything that's said with a grain of salt because I, I saw earlier that people were saying word is on the sheets that EC3 is in line for a push. And I remember rolling my eyes thinking, yeah, sure. Then when I saw him come, I thought, oh, maybe this is the push. But it's against Rusev. EC3 taps out to the accolade. And uh, so he's not getting a push. But to me, that's not even the worst thing about what's happening. To me, the worst thing is uh when you look at Rusev, aside from his Tom Selleck mustache, it's basically a Rusev reboot. They toss all of his character development and charisma out the window to go back to a generic, cliche, fucking strongman. 
He went in there with a mean face, marched to the ring. He did his little stomping thing he does before his his uh his machka kick, and then Rusev crush step on the back accolade. No dialogue. It's literally back to the Rusev that I always thought was a terrible idea in the first place. The guy got character, became interesting, became an engaging person, and they just decided, oh, he's back to his old self. That to me is garbage. Um, then we get Sasha Banks against Nikki Cross. With the finish being Nikki hits the crossbody onto Sasha, who winds up rolling through into the bank statement, which looked gorgeous. And, uh, you know, shows never count the boss out. Yeah, beautiful transition. Yeah, cross hits Sasha off the top of the apron to the outside with that crossbody. Unfortunately, and I've seen this happen a few times recently, but she hits her with that high crossbody where she basically crossbodied Sasha across the face. And I think she busted her lip in doing so because after that, every time you see Sasha, her mouth is just bloody, her teeth are bloody, everything. So I think they literally that cross body and she didn't catch her in the midsection. She literally went went from the top of the apron, bang, right across her face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Nikki went a little high on that one. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um, I've noticed co- with that cross body, Nikki sometimes has a little bit of a tough time judging it. Only when she goes to the outside, though. When she's going in the ring, it's never a problem. But something about that extra few feet of drop... It throws her off for some reason. But it always looks good, though, inadvertently by her doing it. But I think now we finally at, at a bloody mouth is where you have to sort of cross the line and dial that shit back a little bit. Yeah. You know, because I was thinking for while I was trying to figure out how Sasha was bleeding. I was like, you know what? Maybe it was. I could be wrong. Maybe something else I missed. But the only thing I could think of that she'd be bleeding from her mouth is that her fucking face got smashed by that cross body. Because it was right after I noticed that. But, uh, of course we have Bailey on the outside with, with interference and distractions and stuff. And until Bliss comes running across from the other side and she winds literally punching her out. And, um. She hadoukened her. <laughs> yeah. And then basically Sasha winds up, uh, this still breaks into a, a skirmish that leads to Sasha getting the bank statement on Cross and Cross rolling to the outside. Uh, so he'll get the upper hand somewhat here. Uh, Miss has a backstage. Uh, segment with the Street Profits, and she announces that uh, that uh, Miss TV is gonna have Hulk Hogan, which surprisingly the crowd boos, and then he announces Ric Flair, and the crowd woos. So I'd, I'd, I'd kind of flip that around, considering the circumstances. You get woos and boos, unbelievable. Uh Ember Moon faces off to, with Lacey Evans, with the finish being Lacey winds up tapping out Ember with an ugly. Uh, rendition of the sharpshooter which later on in a promo natty calls her on i don't know if it was deliberately that she was going to say that anyway but she just talks about how she's not able to do it properly she kind of incorporates into the promo um i did like that spot which they show the slow motion where ember winds up hitting uh lacy in the throat with a kick it was like i thought it was yeah. gonna look, i thought when they slowed it down it wasn't going to look as bad as it was and then it was worse it was like oh shit it wasn't even there it was the throat she kicked you right in your throat like a ninja you know so yeah really aggressive stuff Good, good match for the build-up for uh, Lacey Evans versus Natalia. Uh, they they have more twenty four seven stuff with all the people coming to the ring. They managed to flip it cleverly though, and this is the reason why I think we have better writers. We have a better creative team because I would have never thought of that. But how smart! So they get in the ring. They surround the barrel of the jobbers. Carmella turns to Truth, tells him she can't do this anymore. She's tired of running and always being scared and everything. And then they go to hug, and she winds up basically getting him with a schoolboy. And yeah. him, and she becomes the uh, she becomes the freaking twenty four seven women's champion. This cool and, and then Renee has the line of the episode. What was Looks it? over to Corey Graves and said, "Now you cost me twenty four seven title." Graves immediately quacked back, "Too late." <laughs> wow, 
I heard that. I fucking lost it. Keep in mind, for those people who don't know, usually when I when I close at my job on a Monday, I, I I'm usually loosely following up, loosely keeping in touch with the first half. I came in on that, oh, so I was crap. just like, yes, that's a win. <laughs> so then now the scripts flip because now all the women jobbers are running out after Carmela. And she's basically piggybacking with Truth, who's chasing her out there. And the guys that were all standing there, they don't know what to do with themselves anymore. They're looking like, oh, the 24-7 title's gone. And that's it. The guys just, they were all after him and walk away sadly. So now the script's been flipped because the women, now you're going to see the women chasing Carmella and Truth around. <laughs> I love how, like, you talk about women job. is the first two I saw with the Iconics. Oh, man. That's like, that's awesome. <laughs> And then backstage, Bailey and Sasha try to do their promos over a fucking fire alarm in the background. Good job there. Uh, Excellent. You hear them talking here. Beep, beep. So, I mean, I know shit happens, but maybe that's why you don't have to do every backstage promo live because shit happens. Yeah. You know, then you won't get booze like what happened to Hogan. Corbin against Gable with King Corbin's new theme, which I like. I like how it goes into the kingly stuff and then it comes back out of the kingly stuff and it goes into the whole, I am the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Nice tone to it. Like, like we've never seen anybody switch it up like that. So. Mm-hmm. Very interesting spot also where Corbin pulls Gable off of the top turnbuckle when he hit him with a variation of Wade Barrett's Wasteland. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think I saw it and I was like, wait a minute, is that fucking Wasteland? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the, the match gets thrown out, though, by him. Uh, he winds up breaking um, out of Gable's ankle lock by hitting him with the scepter and then gets the match thrown out and then continues to beat him with it. He hit him in the back up. of the neck with it. Back of the neck. Fatal Five Way: AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, Nakamura, and, and Robert Roode. Yeah, winner gets a Universal Title shot next week. Next week, for some weird reason, Ricochet hits um, the recall, and then he gets Kinshasa'd as he's recovering, so he winds up getting eliminated. Folded um, him up. Mm-hmm. Nakamura winds up eliminating, getting eliminated via phenomenal forearm, and then immediately after, Roode goes over AJ with the glorious DDT. And then uh, Rey Mysterio winds up going over Rude with a 619 into the springboard splash. So Rey yeah. is the number one contender next week. No idea why. No idea where the hell this is going. But uh, It's probably not going anywhere. It's just like, hey, world title shot next week. Unless next week they start incorporating Dominique and we get closer yeah. to the heel turn or whatever the hell they're going to do. And then again, Dominic like time. next week is supposed to be that season premiere or something anyway. So That is true. That's the official season premiere of Raw, which is why yeah, I was so I saying that everything is a reboot. This is our season finale here, too. Yeah, so I guess like, hey. Give us Rollins and Rey Mysterio, which Rollins was excited about. That's a match he's been wanting to have for a while. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, Rey's still looking good after all these years, so it's going to be a good match. Absolutely, he looks the healthiest he's ever looked in a long time. Yeah, and then we get Rollins versus Braun Strowman, which was non-title anyway, right? Yeah, there was nothing up for grabs here. Just a match, and then it doesn't really matter because the Fiend shows up. He winds up taking out Braun with the mandible claw. Um, it almost ends similar to a couple of weeks ago with uh, Rollins sort of huddled in the corner and the Fiend sort of imposing on him, right? Yeah. Fiend hung around for a little bit longer this time, but... Mm-hmm. So Braun Strowman gets taken out by uh, his former Wyatt brother. Yeah. All right, Fiend. well, that's... that's I, I, I like this whole ending the Raw, ending Raws with the Fiend, because, like, it's a very eerie type of ending. I like how it feels like his influence is becoming more and more prominent in in the graphics and in things it, as time goes goes on. It's ha- it like the the fiend is taking on more of a supernatural vibe to him. 
if they were smart and they wanted to put this on a really cool slow burn, right? They should literally make it where every week, just a little bit more of the fiend messing with the graphics and messing with how the show and stuff looks. And if they time it well enough by around Halloween, it should just be full blown fiend looking. The graphics should be crazy. The lighting should be all fucked up the entire time. The ring, everything where it just seems like it's just, there's no end to it. And that'll be a cool way to have a Halloween themed episode. That's a dark Halloween themed one. I don't exactly. want to see one where they hit each other over the head with pumpkins and, and you know, hit each other with cornbread and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like cornbread or Halloween. Where the fuck have you been with that? I don't know. <laughs> whatever the hell is it? Whatever the hell. Pumpkin pie or whatever the fuck they there have. There you go. You know, pumpkin spice. There you go. <laughs> And they have candy and they, they all over the ring. Like I, I want to see like, uh, something like that. Like I think they should let the fiend stuff get darker and darker and then the, it culminates into that pay per view or that. I, that I, night. I almost kind of want to see something where he starts messing with audio as well. Like yeah. when they're, like when they're doing commentary, like in between stuff, when you see that shot of the commentary table, the voice level start changing and shit. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot they could do with this because it's working really good because it's so different from what we see. Yeah, which is what they need right now. Exactly. The Fiend is one of their best things they have going right now. Yeah, I definitely think so. All right, what I said, is there anything else? No, that's uh, pretty much it. Uh, Actually, one minor detail I looked up, we were just talking about 2K20. I don't know if you noticed the day of the week in October that it releases on. What day is that? Uh, the twenty second is a Tuesday. Interesting. And you know, with games like that, we launch them midnight. So, two K twenty. So Tuesday going into Wednesday. No, Monday going into Tuesday. When it hits, like basically, we're going to be on the air when the when um the digital version is going to be able to go live. But don't we get it like a week early or something? Because if you uh not this year, there's no early access this year. So it comes on on a Monday going into yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that then, guys, because I don't I, de- I didn't really have any intention, if you will, of uh of having a stream of it going. We'll have to figure something out there cuz we I, we don't do the show with the wrestling in the background normally anymore because we now have this uh you know, theater studio atmosphere. And I prefer to show people the clips. I'm sure they'd like to see the clips as well. Maybe we could do something after or I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure yeah. something out. Yeah, because there's definitely you know, it's uh, it is definitely a big um, a big deal to have that game because we're gonna run it. We're gonna do stuff with it throughout the week. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely gonna be fun. You're definitely gonna wanna hang out for that. And uh, yeah, this is the end of uh, an era right here, right now, because the season premiere of Raw is next week. Next time we talk to you, we're gonna be in the new era, going into officially starting with the season premiere of Raw on Monday, and then this is gonna be all about AEW. Uh, and NXT as we go as the as we get into the week, you know, AEW NXT and then SmackDown's almost ready for that transition over to Fox. So here we go, boys. It, it's been what we've been waiting for. Now we're gonna really turn things up here and uh, go into details about a lot of the things that are going on and uh, what to expect, which is gonna be great. Yeah, the real fun stars now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we got a Rey Mysterio thing here. If you want to play that last clip before we get the hell out of here to see post post Raw Rey Mysterio. Yeah, let's hear some Rey Rey. Okay, let's get this up. Oh, I'm telling you, my my emotions are over the roof right now. Uh, I got to give it up to all four competitors that I stepped in the ring with. AJ, Shinsuke, Robert Roode, and Ricochet. 
they put up one hell of a fight. And uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it without this young man right here. Come here. This is my inspiration right now. This is what I live for. This is what I do in the ring for right here. And of course, all my fans. But this man right here is the one that convinced me not to retire. That's why I'm still here. We noticed uh, a potential small tribute at the end of that match. Can you talk about what happened there at the end? You know, if, if you really think about it and you put it into perspective, it goes back to when Eddie declared himself as Dominic's papi. You know, uh, that story started right there. That's what really brought and captivated Dominic's attention into the wrestling world. And I'm really honored to have my son next to me, to have him want to do what his father has been doing for over 30 years and to want to follow in my footsteps. I think this young man right here, my son Dominic, is going to be bigger than his old man. Was there a small moment after the conclusion of that match that you pointed up to the heavens? Was that, was that you talking to Eddie? That first title that I won at WrestleMania was because of Eddie. Eddie was there with me. Eddie presented me with that title. And the victory was a name of Eddie Guerrero. If this happens to be another experience like the one at WrestleMania 22, then what can I say? But Eddie, in or out of the ring... He's always with me. I carry Eddie's soul with me everywhere I go. And I always send out a little tribute to Eddie just because it makes you feel like his presence is there. <laughs> He's with me in the good and in the bad. I love Eddie to death and I will always love him. Thank you, Ray. Enjoy tonight's victory and uh, good luck next Monday on Raw. Thank you very much. Love you, son. All right. Well, there's the number one contender, guys. Yeah, there you go. 30 years still at it. All right. All right, well, that was pretty complete. Long, we haven't done a long episode in a long time. Shows we can still pull it off. Oh yeah, you know, like I said, uh, don't don't freak out if in the event I'm not fully adjusted yet by next Monday. That doesn't mean there won't be an episode. That just means that it is it is uh delayed, and we'd probably do it the following day or Wednesday after AW. Let's see what happens. You know, it might might not be anything at all. Either way, uh, we're going on to bigger and better things in this upcoming season. Yeah, we're we're prepared for whatever happens, pretty much. Yes. All right. That being said, thank you. Everyone has hung out with us on this wonderful night. Stasis Dreams, JC, Willie V2, Cola Ice, EB Gamer, Lex, Matt Squires, Ugly Heaven 66, Mark 710, Turbo Munge. Max Adam Power, Shin Anarchy, Knowing Spark 609, Ingoing Artist 17, Stormed Axe 1853, and Indoor Agent 551, as well as all of you who are listening on demand via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, SoundCloud, YouTube, and every other major platform. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 341, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and Dustin, we are out of here. Talk Brunch, baby. Number one on Mixer. We out here. Shut up.